Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Toys by Chance, where we come talk all things movies, television, entertainment, sports, all that good shit. And, uh, yeah, this week we decided to call an audible. Well, not really an audible. We just, like, we're thinking about what to do this week, and we realized it's been so long to look at another animated movie. Like, so long. Long like, time. Long time. So we decided to dip into the much-loved but much-neglected worlds of Studio Ghibli. Uh, you know, the, the studio that everyone loves but nobody seems to watch. And we <laughs> were tasked with watching Princess Mononoke, which we definitely have some thoughts about, which we will get into later. But for right now, uh, we start with our weekly... We start with uh, you know something we're doing right now because it's, it's NFL season. We're talking about uh, the NFL. Last week's games were... Interesting to say the least. First of all, Philip Rivers showed up and the Colts just whooped on the Titans. Like I do, yeah, I, and, I do uh, not understand it. it. Yeah, it was really weird seeing Cam Newton lead them to beat uh, Baltimore too, which was really kind of the crazy. Patriots is maybe the biggest shock uh, of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. like pa- the Patriots have been, they have not been shy about admitting that they are crap this year. <laughs> losing, losing but, the, you know one what, of the best quarterbacks in the league at the time, but we'll do we'll do that to you. But uh, they're just a team never to sleep on, though, because you never know what you're going to get. You know what I mean? Um, that's why they, they showed, like, even when they had Brady and they were, like, underdogs and stuff like that, you just never counted them out. I mean, granted, dynamic and the landscape is completely different now. Um, you don't even have um, Edelman because he's hurt. Obviously, Gronk joined Tom down in Tampa. So, like, you know, you just have Cam Newton and, like, what, Rex Bur- Burkhead is, like, the only – Two that I actually know, but yeah. um, I mean, yeah, I mean James they're, James they're, White is they're still doing it. James White is still there. He's not doing shit, but he's still there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy though. Like, I, especially when you thought for sure. I think weather inclement implementations had like a little bit to do with it because it was really shitty out. At, uh, were they playing at Gillette? Uh, yes, they were. They were. They were at Gillette. Okay, so, but I mean, it's the same type of weather Baltimore gets too. So I mean, it's it's not like an advantage, but. Yeah, it was it was really crazy to see. That's huge. That's probably the biggest upset of the week. Oh, sure. I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. And Seattle losing to uh, to uh, who the hell they lose to? They lose to they lost to the Rams. Arizona. The Rams. What's your? They lost to the Rams. That's right. Man, the Rams have been so, they've been so inconsistent. The fact that this team went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like three a few years ago. Couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's sad. Like my Niners are the the anchor to the NFC West, but I knew going into this. Season, I knew that they were probably going to take three teams. Well, even with the Niners were healthy, I, I knew they were probably going to take three teams to the playoffs from that division because that division's just stacked. Um, it's probably the best division in football, I think. Um, got well, a lot of fo- you got a lot of ballers in that league, man. Um, you got the perennial powerhouse, obviously Seattle, San Francisco, obviously is completely injury depleted, so they don't even count. Um, if they, whoever they, I mean, if whoever they, they have squeak, left, whoever they have left. Uh, seriously, uh, if they squeak in the playoffs at like nine and seven, I'll be happy. But I don't. I doubt it's going to happen because they just look so bad. Shame um, it can't be in the NFC. And East. their schedule. Yeah, well, their schedule doesn't help either. Like they literally play back to back weeks. They play the Packers and the and the, and the Saints, two of the NFC best teams without any of their players. You know what I mean? So and and I the thing, had, had this game you, had this game been a week later, you'd be dealing you'd be dealing with famous Jameis Winston as opposed to Drew Brees. Seriously, and like, yeah, we hurt him, and like, uh, we hurt, uh, you know, Breeze in the, I think it was the second quarter, but still, I just, I just don't think we, we just looked really flat from what I watched. Um, but that, then uh, Kyler Murray with the Hail Mary there at the end of the game, oh, that, that, winning for the cards. That's the best play I've seen all year. 
And that's just to keep them in the, in the thick of things. It's a three-way tie for six. It's six and three in the West right now. So it also just reminds it's good, you. It's an exciting. Just also just reminds you how monumentally stupid that trade was for the Texans. Oh, I, but we knew that. Like, I mean, you don't trade away your best receiver or one of the top ten receivers, well, not, or top five it's receivers. Not, it's not even, league, you know? you, not even you don't trade him away. You don't trade him away and not get a first-round pick. Like I, th- I think Stefan, oh, no, I, I think yeah. Stefan Diggs was traded that same day, and the Vikings got a first-round pick yeah. out of it. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. It shows you that the front office for Houston didn't know what they were doing in order to you know get the trade out for that. Um, especially when you have, you know, that's the other thing. You have a new quarterback coming in. Like you know, I I, I just don't get it. I don't understand why you, why you trade your one of your weapons out. But poor poor Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean. And then I got to show love to the next Niner man, Alex Smith. Uh, what a feel good story, man! I uh, what yeah. what a what what a story, Alex Smith. He, he goes goes through all yeah, all yeah. the pain, all the injury, all the worry. Then he could play again, yeah. and then he got the privilege of getting his ass kicked with the Washington Football Team. But honestly, and that's because it shows you that the, ta- the team has no team around him. But he still threw for like almost like over three hundred yards. He still assing, he still threw for I mean? almost like almost like four. Yeah. So I mean. I just I, I I've always loved Alex. Even when he was in San Francisco, I always um, I thought they kind of gave him the raw end of the deal when they you know they bet when they took him out for cap. I mean I know he got hurt, but that was still Alex's I, team. I, I I I missed Alex Smith. I'm not gonna lie. Like seeing seeing him play against him <sighs> made me realize how much I missed Alex Smith. Class act, man. That that kid has endured everything throughout his whole entire you know tenure of the Niners. Um, different offensive coordinators every year. That's why we were like absolute shit until Harbaugh came, kind of revitalized the um the team. And really, just showed what like what a good quarterback Alex Smith can be under the right you know uh, system. And then when he went to Kansas City, he really carried that. And I think Andy Reid really helped him develop even more as a quarterback. It's great to see him in Washington doing the same thing. So yeah, I'm, it's always a feel good story. I, I I'm completely on board with it. I love it. Um, and now he's I guess Ron Rivera has seen uh, seen enough, and I guess he's going to go with them. Go with I mean, the hot hand. He said, "Yeah." I mean, who else? Are you, who else going to go with Dwayne Haskins? Is, is getting tr- <laughs> I mean, Dwayne Haskins yeah. ain't doing yeah, shit for sure. So, and that that, that was <laughs> Kyle. That Allen. was the other thing. I thought that they, but I thought that it was kind of like stupid for them not starting him originally. I, I think he just needed time to ease back into the game um, after that scary uh, leg injury that killed him, almost killed him with the uh, with the uh, infections and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah definitely feel good story. Absolutely. Absolutely a lock for comeback player of the year. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, now we got next week, week eleven. So who we got? We got a uh, first and Thursday night. We got Cards Seahawks again. This was a tight game the first time. It was, but I think Seattle losing. I think they're going to need it more. So I think Seattle would come out on that one. Yeah, just because I mean, it's in Seattle and they they you don't really. It's hard to it's it's hard for that team to lose twice in a row. Seattle had that in the bag, but they the defense. Their defense just what is defense it's in the last quarter of the game, and just. But we've said it, for, yeah, and we've said it before. Them. Seattle prides itself on a good offense, but they don't have a defense since the Legion of Boom. No, um, yeah, since well, they, yeah, they, since they Legion of Boom, since, since, since Legion of Boom was gone, like we, they got nothing, they got nothing. Yeah, since they were gutted, man, that shows you how how important that um, that squad was. Yeah, uh, Steelers Jags. I mean, this is I feel like this is no contest. I don't, I don't think Minchie's pl- I don't think Minchie's playing either. I think he's still out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a no brainer, I, I think, on that one. Although, Grant, I did say the same thing for Steelers Cowboys, and that was it, they won, but that was a way closer game than I anticipated, <laughs> or anybody. Yeah, that but, matter. but they have a little bit more talent in Dallas. I think Jacksonville just lacks all that. Um, I just don't see Jacksonville keeping up. Yeah, no, it's just gotta be, gotta be Pittsburgh. Uh, Lions Panthers. I think 
It's got to go. I go with the. Panthers. I gotta go with the Motown. I gotta go with Motown, man. I'm gonna go really? with the Lions. Really? Um, yeah. I, I liked I liked the look of them last week. I think they played pretty pretty decent. Um, I think what the Lions are the ones that end up playing Washington, didn't they? Uh, they did. They barely. <laughs> yeah, they squeaked yeah. squeak against Alex Smith. Uh, they're always they're a fun team to watch, though. I always like the Lions. Uh, little underdogs all the time. And um, yeah, wait. So they're not playing a third. They're playing a Thursday game, aren't they? Aren't they playing on? Or that's I'm thinking the next no, week. No, next week's uh, not. Uh, Arizona. This Sunday. Never mind. Arizona Seattle's Thursday this week. I'm thinking of Thanksgiving like the week after. That's right. my fault. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, Motown. I'm gonna go with the Lions. All right. Uh, we got Patriots Texans. This is this this is wow. This this is a this is a stalemate of a this is a stalemate of suck we're talking about right here. This is you pick them here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wow. Deshaun Watson decent, I guess. <laughs> we'll go Texans. I'm going to go Patriots just because I think that hot win there with the Ravens, I think, builds a little bit of momentum with that young team. Um, I oh, just, I, that I reminds me. That, did, did you see that? There, is the picture going around where, like, what, was one still from the the Browns-Texans game where they actually put up Oath and 4? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Oath and 4, yeah. yeah. That's, that's 2020 for you. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, I say the Patriots coming off the hot win there with Baltimore. I think they needed just to stay in the playoff hunt for a wild card. So, um I'll say the Patriots. All right. Uh, next one. This is actually a really interesting matchup. We got Titans versus Ravens. Two teams. They started off really hot, and then since then, they yeah. kind of just – it kind of was really backslid. Like, neither one's really on a hot streak, and both are coming off a loss. So, yeah. it's tough. Uh, it's really tough. I think I'm going to lean slightly towards uh, – I don't know. It all, it all, it's going to come down at secondary. I feel like whoever has the better <laughs> secondary that day is going to win. Selling Baltimore. Baltimore's not going to lose two in a row, especially when they're still in it for a uh, division. Um, they still go. They still have a head-to-head matchup with the Steelers. Um, Steelers can trip up in one of those games. They got finishing. Uh, Buffalo could beat them. Um, Cleveland might play them tight in Cleveland. Um, so it, it comes down to that. I think just because of the fact that they needed to stay alive in the division, and either that or a high wild card seed that they win. So I, I would say I'd say Baltimore safe pick. All right. Uh, next, <laughs> next one we got a we got ta- we got tank bowl right here. Uh, we got the oh, Jets boy. versus the not the Jets the Eagles versus the Browns. Oh, <laughs> two teams are gonna be got caught it. in a stalemate of suck. Gotta go Cleveland, man. Cleveland's been winning the games that they need to win, though. That's something that they couldn't have done the last couple years when they've had that Baker Mayfield and that that you know high the, the offense that has potential to do better than they they can. Um, they're winning small ball games, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it may not be pretty. They're still getting the W, and they're still slowly creeping up in the standings. So I think, I think it's a no. It's a no brainer. They're both gritty football teams, but they're playing in Cleveland. They're playing this one in Cleveland. Uh, this one is in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay, I, I think it's Smash Mouth football. I think it's the Browns. Uh, I think the Browns take it. And I think the Browns really um, are showing what kind of season they're, they're having. I think they're having a fun season here. I think this is going to be a fun team to watch come down to back back stretch and see if they can make a. Uh, uh, playoff push. I mean, Carson Wentz has continually demonstrated that he's just forgotten how to play football, how to play competent football. It's it's tough. It it's it, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks that can give you all or nothing. You know, he's not the mediocre. He either goes great or he just he's off the charts awful. And that's how he is. Um, yeah, they should have probably kept Foles. I understand that that was your franchise quarterback, though. You put all your 
eggs in a basket drafting Wentz. Wentz did look good until he tore his ACL. Um, it just hasn't been the same since. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland on this one. Uh, next up, uh, this was a no-brainer. We got Falcon Saints, the big, the dad, the, the you know, <laughs> the kids get by, the rich kids get by on their daddy's money versus the biggest chokers in the NFL. Yeah, both playing in domes, and both are dumb teams. Uh, it's a division game too, so all bets are off on it. Um, I am, I don't know, because I think Breeze is going to be out. I think Breeze, it's going to be a tight oh, game. I Breeze wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta squeaks this one out. No, well, yeah, no, no, no. Don't put faith in Atlanta. Every time they do, every time we put faith no, in Atlanta, listen, they let us down. I, I know, I know. But listen, here's here's my rationale behind it. None of them have, none of them have, like, well, yeah, the Saints defense is pretty good, but the Saints defense isn't going to win you a game. I think because they they're going to fail to score points in the offense. I think seeing um, you know Matt Ryan with Julio Jones and the running game. I think I, I think I somehow think that you know it's going to it's going to provide a different difficult matchup for the uh, Saint for the uh, Saints defense. It's going to be it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to give the edge to Atlanta just because I mean why not? They need the game. I mean they they need the game just for uh, for you know just for looks. Um, and they can play spoiler come come down here at the back end of the uh, the football season. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say high high scoring game. I think Atlanta's gonna take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little further than you. I'm gonna say Atlanta is gonna have this until the fourth quarter, and then they're gonna blow it like they like they have three times the <laughs> okay. season already. Uh, you're calling a Super Bowl type meltdown? Okay, not just Super Bowl. They've done, <laughs> they've done they did that three times in, within six weeks. Oh, yeah, they're they're notoriously known for you know it's just it's tough, man. I I just. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's a tough fan base to be part of, man. So yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, so I'm saying Atlanta's gonna Atlanta's gonna be winning until they choke and lose again. Uh, All right, another tank, another tank bowl, uh, another tank bowl. We have uh, Bengals versus the Washington Football Team. <laughs> let me just say, <laughs> let me just say, I'm totally gonna go out and buy merch from, from these from these guys. Cause I'm not a fa- I'm not a fan, but I seriously want some Washington Football Team merch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's only going to be around for another year or so until they change the name. Yeah, until they get um, a new name. I, I, just, uh, I, just, I just want like a seven years. I'm like, yes, I was there when the Washington football team. When the Washington <laughs> football team was a thing. Joe Burrows is a baller, though, man. I think he's. A, yeah, I think he has the potential of being a really, really elite quarterback. He has no talent around him. Mine is AJ Green, but AJ Green's coming the back end of his career too. He's been he's been around for a while. Um, not the same AJ Green that we saw that had um, what the hell uh, Dalton with him for the majority of his career. So it's kind of like, eh, um, Washington, obviously Alex Smith, feel good story. I'm going to go with Washington just because I think the, um, they showed promise against Detroit. They definitely moved the ball pretty good through the air. Um, Cincinnati has a rough defense. So I think, I think that, that being said, I think, uh, Washington get the, get the W for them. Yeah. I think Alex Smith has, has the experience to pick a, pick a defense like Cincinnati apart. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm also taking Washington on that one. Okay. Uh, oh, here's the real competition. Uh, we have oh we have uh, the Chargers versus the team trying to continue their tank on on the road to glorious 0 16. The Jets. Yeah. Well, that's tough. That's gonna be a tough to be a Jets fan. Hey, uh, why why is anybody a Jets fan at this point? I mean, I get it. They're I mean, honestly though, they were fun to watch in the 2000s when they did have uh, Pennington and then when they had. Uh, Sanchez. Sanchez before Sanchez, the butt, before San, the butt fumble. Yeah, Sanchez before the butt fumble sucked yeah. out all his talent. Before, yeah, before the butt fumble because they were a fun team and they were like a dangerous team in the AFC to play. They were, they were, um, they were, they were great for like two seasons. Yeah, yeah, especially I mean you had you know Curtis Martin was you know fantastic back. You had you had a lot of good wideouts and stuff. They they were fun to watch. You had, you had Darrell, you had Darrell um, Rivas, you had Cromartie. 
you had Revis Island. Yep, you had you had really good corners. You had um, I think Decker was I think Decker was part of their receiving core. You had J- you had sure. Jason Taylor for like a season or two. <sighs> yeah, I mean that that franchise has just gone to shit. Um, you know, and both both New York franchises, if you really want to get to it, have gone to shit. Um, kind of turned their back on their franchise quarterbacks, kind of because they're. I, I think Eli should have stayed in New York. I think they kind of rushed him into retirement. Um, the Jets really never had anybody. I mean, I think they, you know, I think they went with Geno Smith for as long as they could, uh, West Virginia draft. Um, and then they just kind of fizzled out. It just didn't really work out. Um, you know, you, you get that sometimes you get the Jamarcus Russell effect where you get a good quarterback in college, they come back and they just kind of can't convert what they did collegially to professional and it kind of sucks, but I mean, it happens, but, um, pick I'm going to go with the chargers just because I think I, I do believe that the Jets are going to run the table to in 16. Um, they, they I, only fight I, I want I them. I want them to run the table to own 16. They're going to. The only fight I saw out of them that they played tight was uh, New England uh, a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> they played them really tight and they found a way to lose that game. Um, so to me, it's it's yeah, it's a no brainer. I got to go with uh, the Chargers on that one. They're tanking hard this year. And I'm just gonna say this: if Trevor Lawrence cares at all about the future of his NFL career, he will do everything in his power to not come here. He will die if he must. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I w- good. I would stay back for another. <laughs> I would stay back for another season at Clemson if uh, that was the case. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Dolphins Broncos. I'm taking the Dolphins on this one. I think two. I think two is actually showing a lot of promise as a QB. Yeah, my wife's really gonna give me shit because she's a big Dolphins fan. I, I've wrote her hard about them, just how like shitty that organization is. But I think they found a way to win the last five weeks. My team being one of the victims too of like in blowout fashion too. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing the right type of, um, game right now, but uh, granted they, they aren't playing teams with winning records. I mean, uh, granted, yeah, it, it is the luck of the draw. You can't really make your schedule up. I mean, you can, uh, San Fran should have a decent schedule next year because they're going to finish pretty, pretty bad. So they're gonna have an easier schedule next year. Um, but no dolphins are playing small ball. They're winning games. Like, you know, so I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, the neck and neck finish with them in Buffalo to see who's going to potentially take that division. I think New England's going to be on the outside looking in. I don't think – I just don't think the teams – I don't think Buffalo and Miami are going to lose enough games for them to gain any ground. I think they need to gain, like, what, two or three games there the next couple About weeks. There, it's going to be yeah. hard to do. So I'm going to go Miami on that one. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Tua two, two, two and his glass hips are showing a lot of promise in, in the last few weeks. <laughs> but, they're, but, the, but in credit, though, they are kind of – the thing that they lacked with when Tannehill is they didn't have really an offensive line around him to protect them. So he was always running. Um, the, they, they found a way to not get to a, that much, you know, uh, hit hits from the other team. So if they can continue that, uh, and these other playmakers, these other like no name playmakers can step up and, and play. Hey, uh, why not? You know, I think what Devonte Parker's a pretty solid uh, receiver. Yeah. Um, their running game minus, uh, Brita cause Brita, I think he's out for next week. But um, they're just they're playing small ball. And they're winning, so it's working for them. So yeah, keep the hot hand. Speaking of no offensive line, next week the Cowboys return to the NFL versus the Vikings. Oh god, oh boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Vikings are gonna take this one. I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, just because I do like the the you know the combination of him and Diggs. I think they, um, I think he's he's playing great ball right now. I think he has the most rushing, oh, damn near the most rushing yards in the um, NFL. You mean Cook? Uh, or Cook? I'm thinking of Diggs as the receiver. Sorry, yeah. Cook. I meant. Um, yeah, but overall they're playing mediocre ball enough to get into squeeze into a playoff spot. Yes. 
Um, it is sad that the NFC East is going to have a representative t- a team in the playoffs and they're going to be hosting a playoff game. I think that I think they really need to like look at the fucking uh, playoff structure, the records going into the playoffs. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair for a team that that wins the division with under 500 record hosting a game that's going to be like 10 and 6, 11 and 5. I don't think it's fair. So, I mean, and I I know that you're met with a lot of stuff like, oh, what's the division? Yeah, but the division sucks. You know, I, and I, I've, I've said it before. You've had teams like, look, at the, uh, the Patriots went 11-5 the year that Brady tore his ACL. They were outside looking in. You know what I mean? At 11-5, 11-5 usually, you know, solidifies you at least a playoff appearance. So, to me, I got to, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of shitty. But, um, yeah, we'll go with Minnesota on that one. Uh, and we got uh, Packers versus the Colts. Two vet QBs in in this game. Yeah. We got we got uh, Rivers and we got Rodgers. Not just Rodgers. Pissed yep. off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate the Packers. Um, always hate the Packers because of the bad blood in the playoffs with the Niners. Uh, even when, like in the Favre days when we've always we always had to go through Green Bay and vice versa to go to the playoffs and we'd always lose. Up until we started winning, like with Vernon Davis's catch there at the end of the game, and and all that stuff that really kind of slowly start building the momentum ball, and then like Kaepernick running all over him in the playoffs and all that shit. So yeah, we've we've really had a, a decent time at him in the playoffs. Um, I mean, if you're gonna look at it between who's gonna take the game, it's just you know safe money goes with the Packers just because they've been there in these types of playoff moments where they need to win games to try to stay afloat, stay stay even keel in their play, in the um. The division. I mean, the division. They have a little bit of a, a stranglehold on right now because uh, the Bears are choking apart as they usually do. Um, I think Minnesota's right even with them, and then you have uh, the Lions bring up the the rear there. But um, it's it's Packers. That's uh, pretty much a no brainer on that. The, the Colts could surprise you. I think it's gonna be tight. It'll be a close game, but I think it comes down to a fourth quarter. Uh, Rogers comeback type thing. Uh, next, one, we got a re- we got a rematch. I'm very curious to see if Raiders can repeat against the Chiefs. Because they, they owned the Chiefs the last one they played. 40 points. They, they let the Raiders put up 40 points on them. I don't think it's going to happen again. But I'd really like to see them beat the Chiefs twice in one season. I would, I would too, just because I don't like the Chiefs, obviously. Bad blood for the Super Bowl still. Um, and the fact that I don't really think that they've played in like I, I get it. They just really haven't showed me that they're, you know, yeah, you can throw all over these teams that aren't, aren't good. You know, uh, First off, and you know, you'd call me crazy, but uh, Houston should have beat you in the playoffs. They were up four touchdowns. How an NFL team loses that type of lead is unbeknownst to me. I mean, I would I, 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 know, I know how. Uh, Bill, Bill O'Brien, that's how. I know, I know how. But what you would do is, I would being up twenty or being up twenty-eight points, I would start running the ball and I would start juicing that clock. And they did not do that. I mean, we'll see what happened. It, it, it's, 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 it's the class strategy to beat Kansas City. Keep the offense off the field. And that's what you do. You just you milk the clock. It's not it's not hard. It's 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 common sense one on one. It's what you do when you play online. Um, you know, if you're up big, you just you, you you try to make it small ball. You try to make it. We're gonna run. Maybe we'll do little little outs, little play action fakes for a couple yards. You know what I mean? Keep that clock going. Stay in balance. Milk it. Um, I just think teams go away from that. They think, oh, you know, we're just gonna keep doing. It. It's like no. It's like you know, you're up twenty nothing. That's luck. You know, you, you got lucky. Like, keep it just, just don't go too crazy. And I think other teams get in their head. But um, I, I'd love to see uh, Vegas win. It's weird saying that, and, and the Raiders in the same sentence. Um, I always want to say Oakland. <laughs> right. I think they'll always be Oakland. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see the Raiders. I, it's going to be a tight AFC West battle. I mean, you get those battle, those smash mouth battle football games. Like, you have that with, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. You know, you have that with, um, you know, NFC West teams like, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, not this year. But, you know what I mean? You always play back and forth. You play hard. Um, you know, I, I think it's I think it'll come down to that. But um, they're playing in Vegas. Uh, this one, is, yeah, it's in Vegas. Not like oh, it really matters because, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but uh, yeah, I like to see Vegas win. I think Carr, I, I, you know, he's orchestrating a decent winning team. I think, what are they, six and three right now? Yeah, six and three. Yeah, I mean, they, they need, I mean, listen, it's not too crazy to think if they beat them, they own the tiebreaker against uh, Kansas City in the West. So, I mean, big playoff implications here in this game. So I'd like to see uh, Vegas win, but uh, it's going to be a tight game. But I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say the Raiders squeak one out. Yeah, and uh, last game, the Monday night one, it's the Rand versus the Buccaneers. Your boy, Tom Brady. <laughs> Absolutely. As it, but he's he's so, the Buccaneers. It doesn't matter how good Tom Brady is. The Buccaneers are as inconsistent as ever. They are because you know it's one thing that I think somebody commented on my Facebook thing about it because I posted a thing about Player of the Week Brady. It's like, well, where was he a couple weeks ago? It's like, yeah, he wasn't at that game against the Saints when they got mauled. Uh, I mean. You're going to have games like that, but I look at a whole, what he's done this year has been nothing short of uh, monumental for his age, given where he's at and just taking the, the team that you have now. Yeah, you have playmakers, but you're, you're winning with a team that really didn't have that dynamic last year. You know what I mean? And you're fitting into a system that you don't even know that well, because you were 20 years removed from that. You were in your own system for 20 years. You know what I mean? You're coming and running a different show down there in Tampa. And what he's done, I mean, he's still putting up. He's slinging, dude. I, I, he's slinging. I, I, I got to go with age. He's for, he's for, he's forgetting. Go he's line. forgetting how many downs are in a drive. Yes, yes. That, oh, we can't forget that. I got to go Brady, though, man. Uh, they're fun. The Rams are completely inconsistent, too. Um, they don't have much of a defense. I think uh, Brady can really get some separation with Gronk and Evans and, the, and those guys, even uh, Brown. Um, and have a decent running game, I think they'll be fine. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, TB12 on this one. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like Brady's going to own golf a, a second time. So, yeah, I'm going with, I'm going with the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was the end of our NFL talk for the, for the week. And now we move on to our, you know, our other segment, first of which is trailer talk. We have a – oh, boy, this is a, oh boy. This is a crop we're talking about today. Where this is we... a cornucopia of, of trailers we have today. Where do we begin, Russell? Where do we begin? Okay, let's start here. Uh, first chair we're talking about is for super intelligence. Uh, so super okay. intelligence is the latest Melissa McCarthy comedy joint, uh, in which she, uh, in which she comes into contact with an AI voiced with the voice of James Corden. And yes, they do call that out in the trailer. It's, it's just, okay. First of all, let me just say, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if it was just me, but this feels like the lost sequel to Jexy. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. No, James Corden. Jack, yeah, Jaxie. Yeah, for sure. But but give give Rose Byrne a little credit. At least didn't I? At least didn't know it was her voicing voicing the AI. Here they put James yeah, Corden on prominent yeah. display. Why? Because they want you to hate this movie before you even see it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely yeah. And and Melissa McCarthy playing the same type of role that she's been playing. The yeah, it's just ugh. yeah. Well, there's a reason for that, and that's Don't because know. it is from the same. <laughs> it is from director Ben Falcone, who directed such classic, such Melissa McCarthy classics as Tammy, The Boss, 
uh, and life of the party. Seems like anytime, they, seems like anytime they want to make a movie, just like, okay, yep, you're in it, and it's probably going to suck. And they've got their next project lined up. Holy shit. Can they not just spare us at least once? They're married, though. Isn't, isn't he married to her? They are married, which is why they, yeah, keep, well, do, which is why they keep doing this to us. Well, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's the same stuff over and over again. I mean, it's there's parts that are funny, but overall, just like, eh. It's kind of a forgettable film. Um, I'm sure this one will be the same. I mean, it's the same type of recycled, you know, uh, storyline. Yeah, I, I also just constantly reminded myself that Melissa McCarthy is an Oscar nominee, not just once, but twice. Yeah, because she was nominated for Bridesmaids too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Melissa, you can do better. Just <laughs> please, for the love of God, do better. Yeah. Uh, super intelligence. Uh, this is actually one of the ones that was first announced to be going straight to HBO Max. This will get this will get this will get our subscriber count up, right? Yes. Anyone? Yeah, probably not. Uh, set for release November twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Next, where do we go next? <laughs> so many. Anyway, let's go here. Uh, next one we're gonna be talking about is for Tom and Jerry. Uh, Tom and Jerry. Uh, this is the uh, the second actually attempted feature length Tom and Jerry movie. There's actually one that came out in, like I think the mid mid nineties, if I'm not mistaken. Mid or early 90s. Don't quote me on that. Uh, this is all about how Tom and Jerry, you know, they're, they're parting ways. But Tom, but Jerry has, he has taken up residence in a hotel and it's up to a new employee at the hotel to try and get him out. Here's the biggest problem with this film. It's in live action. Yeah. So here's, here's the, I will say some positive things about it. First of which, I think the design of Tom and Jerry are actually, they're updated really nicely. Yeah, the animation's crisp. I think it, it it's it's crisp. It's the the design is good. It feels like a modern update of these of these characters. Yeah. Problem is, they're put into the real world and they do not integrate at all. Like Roger Rabbit was better integrated than these two, and you're supposed to know he's yeah. not really there. Yeah, but and and uh, you're looking at a you know an animation that has never done that before in the history of the series. You know what I mean? And it's kind of hard to put characters that are at like you're putting them out of their element literally. Um, it just doesn't transfer well to because, this type of environment. Yeah, because yeah, like they, they still play that cartoon logic, which, does, which doesn't really play as well in a live-action setting. No, because there's a lot more uh, disbelief in things, you know what I mean? Yeah, in a cartoon, some of these things can fly, which makes, makes the question, why wasn't this like a totally animated movie? I don't understand why it shouldn't have been. You, I mean, I think it really should have been. You, it, should, it should have been. You, you, could have to, you could have totally gotten away with this. I think it would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like they're doing that with all the animals, and like we said, this does this does not integrate well. <laughs> no, uh, this was originally set for a December twenty for December twenty twenty release. It's now moved to March fifth, twenty twenty one, which I think is a far better spot for it. Uh, directed by Holy shit, Tim Story directed this. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm interested to see this for one reason, and that reason is because I know this is what the Space Jam two animation is going to look like. <laughs> But I will say this. I will give credit to in movies like Space Jam and Roger Rabbit because when they do hybrids like this, they actually put in a lot of work to make sure they felt that they felt there. Like if you if you see the yeah. behind the scenes of Roger Rabbit, like they put they actually have like a dummy that, that they put into every scene so they can see like how to animate him like with like light and shadows because you look at this, they're like fully lit all the time. So it really it doesn't feel like they're ever part of the scenery. It feels like they were put in after digital effects. Yeah. Yeah, but this looks like it looks like a standard family fair, just with cart with cartoon animals. 
soaps like like Star Family from the nineties. More I think about it. Yeah. Your Dunstan check. Pretty much. Your Dunstan checks ins. Your fly your flyaway homes. Oh. Uh, en- yes. Your, your, your Operation eds. Dumbo drops. Your Operation Dumbo drops. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see it uh, when it comes out March fifth, twenty twenty one. <laughs> uh, next show we're talking about, we're kind of turning a corner here. Uh, first one, next one we're talking about is for Happiest Season. Uh, so Happiest Season is a, it's, it's a upcoming comedy uh, starring Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis. They play a couple who go off to Mackenzie Davis's fa- uh, you know, their house for Christmas. Uh, but the thing is, uh-oh, she has not told them that she is a lesbian. <laughs> So now what? they have to what? No. So now they have to pretend that Kristen Stewart's character is an orphan. Uh, it's a that's a, that's a very stacked cast, including Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenburgen, Victor Victor Garber as the parents, Allison Brie, uh, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, who I was happy to see because I'm a very very big fan of Schitt's Creek. Uh, oh, you'll it. be happy to know that I have watched the first four episodes of have Schitt's you, Creek. Have you really? Yes, I, like I just started today. Yeah, I do yeah, like my it. buddy. Uh, I enjoy it so far. Um, that's, that's actually why I was <laughs> a little bit late when she, my wife, came home. We watched episode four, and I was like, "Shit, I gotta get." I, I was like, "I'll watch one with you." They're actually still out there watching it right now. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, I, I gotta stop because they're they're easy watches at twenty minutes apiece. They are. Um, it's fun though. I, it's really funny. I, I really enjoy it so far. So I think it's something I'm gonna hopefully uh, continue and finish. Yeah, so, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Happiest Season? I mean, your typical holiday Hallmark film, really. Um, I mean, I'm going to watch it because I like holiday films, so I'm like, I'm the demographic, I guess. Um, they're fun. I mean, I like Case Stu, and I just like the, 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 you know, the surrounding cast with it. I think, I, think they're, I think it'll be really, you know, enjoyable, funny, you know, uh, you know, that holiday warmth in those films. Um, yeah, and touching on like you know uh, a topic that a lot of people you know have made movies with you know coming out and stuff like that, you know with um, uh, what the hell uh, Simon, what the hell uh, was it? I, what the hell I can't even think of a damn movie. Which one? Oh my lord, or uh, Simon? I love you. Was it? No, wasn't I love you, Simon? What the hell was that movie called? Oh, oh, oh love Simon. I love you. Love Simon. Simon. Jesus, Jesus, Lord. I, there's so many movies in my head right now that it was like a a mosh posh of different movies. But yeah, like movies like that, like about coming out and like, you know, kind of, you know, modernizing it a little bit. I mean, I, I, I like that. Um, but I, I overall, I, it looks, it looks fun and it looks like something that, you know, case two can do something a little bit different. You know what I mean? And not be, uh, you know, in twilight or a bad Charlie's angels reboot, you know, yeah. uh, it should be all right though. We'll see. I'm actually, it looks not. cheesy, but it, it looks fun. I'm actually quite interested just because just because of the talent they have involved, and yeah, I think I think the subject yeah. matter is interesting. I hope it leads for a lot of yeah. you know funny jokes, and I, I I like the cast a lot, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. I do too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Set for a Hulu release, November twenty fifth, twenty twenty. Uh, next show we're talking about is one I didn't even put on the list initially. It wasn't until I realized who made this movie that I put it back on, and that is Wild Mountain Time. Now this is Oof. a, this is a, oh wow I guess I guess we know how you feel about this one. Uh, this is oh, a man, this is, yeah uh, drama. Uh, this is a romantic drama starring Emily Blunt, uh, Emily Blunt, <laughs> Jamie Dornan, about an Irish family, about uh, two, two you know Irish folk who are you know caught in a love triangle while one is you know, one's trying to f- get away from her, the other's trying 
not get away from her, but like the other one, the family trying to push him away from Emily Blunt's family yeah. trying to push him away from Jamie Dornan. and Jamie Dornan and loves Emily Blunt. They like each other, but they can't admit it. It's one of those things. Uh, he gets an American boyfriend played by John Hamm, and her father is played by Christopher Walken. Oh, man, that's so different. I'll say so, someone's father. Okay, yes, it is. Wait, is he? Is he? Who's? Hold on. Whose dad do you think he is? Because you just watched the trailer. Walken? Yes. Whose dad? Okay, from the trailer, whose dad did you think he was? I thought he would have been Emily Blunt's dad. So did I. But apparently, no. He's Jamie Dornan's dad. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't get that vibe at all. And yes, uh, Christopher Walken is, is an, playing an Irishman. It goes about as well as you would expect. It's really weird. Yeah. It is. I guess Liam Neeson wasn't available. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, uh, the weird the w- the reason I wanted to highlight this because it's actually directed by John Patrick Shanley, and that, that okay. doesn't ring a bell. This is the same guy who directed Doubt like 12 years ago. Oh my God, Doubt, my Lord! Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was so weird because it's always like, oh, he made two movies: he made Joe vs. Volcano and Doubt, and then he stepped away. Well, he's back and. Better than Wild ever? Mountain Time. Question mark? And not even time, like T-I-M-E. It's the spice. The spice, time, yeah. The, er- the herb. T-H-Y-M-E. Uh, it's, this one is uh, weird because there are things I liked about it. First of all, I think, I think, I think Doran looks like he's doing a good job. But then it's just something that's like, what, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I don't know. I almost have like leap year type vibes to it. It did feel very leap year-ish. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, good, good. I mean, good supporting cast around it. I mean, good cast in general. I just don't know. I just think it's it's just it, it looks it's just different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm it's hoping I'm hoping there's more to this movie than meets the eye because, like I said, doubt because doubt is incredible. And I, I like. Oh yeah, quite, especially that's one I definitely want to re. I I need to revisit. Yeah, so hopefully there's more underneath the surface, but God, is it not showing here so far? I really yeah. want to though. I'm definitely gonna watch it because I'm curious to see what this guy turns out with his next movie. Uh, and set for a <laughs> December 11th, 2020 release. Uh, last one we're talking about is actually not for a not for a new movie. This is for a revamp of an old movie. That's right. Francis Ford Coppola is back to his old bag of tricks, revamping something he <laughs> kind of mucked up in the past. Well, for the <laughs> mo- for the most part. Uh, this is the Godfather yeah. Part Three. I'm sorry, the Godfather Coda, the death of Mar- uh, the death of Michael Corleone. You see, you see a problem, Francis, right out the gate. You're just tripping. You're just tripping. You're tripping out the gate. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is the re-edit restructure of the Godfather Part Three, a movie that uh, I mean was regarded as okay, but yeah, kind of sour at a point in time. Like I, I don't hate it. I just recognize that it's just nowhere near the quality of the first two Godfathers. Yeah, and it's been forever. It's been a literally like a long time. I'm probably saying maybe since like right around when it came out. I was probably like 10 or 11, 12 watching this movie. I haven't really seen it since because it's usually I just, you know, the first two are just such classics. You really don't pay attention to the that they came out with a third one. You know what I mean? I do need to watch it because I want to see what they switch out with it. I'm, um, I'm very curious. Watching yeah. this, it plays into a lot of things I just, I just didn't like about The Godfather 3 to begin with. Like I, d- I, never liked okay. all the, I never liked all the Vatican stuff. I just thought it was like, really, for doing this? It's, it's, off, it's, it's off-putting. I think it's just because 90s Catholicism, you know, that was like a thing. And like, I mean, obviously Catholicism is still a thing, but I you also, know what I mean. I also just thought um, it was like unnecessary. I, just, I, just, I, I, I don't mind the idea of doing it. I just also thought it was just like unnecessary yeah. for the movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you look at the first two hot. Yeah. It, it is, it is a little bit of a different, uh, a venue to, to have that. They wisely included no Sofia Coppola in this, in this trailer. Yeah. The thing that really hurts and it's kind of sad. They never got, uh, uh, Duvall back for uh, Tom oh, Hagen. Du- I du- kind of du- wish they would have. Duvall's presence was sorely felt. It was sorely missed in this. In this, I mean, in the Godfather three. Because yeah, I mean, definitely such a backbone to that to that franchise. And it's kind of sad that um, he is excellent in those first two films. Oh, he's fucking tremendous, man! Like, and that, that's your and that's your supporting cast. I mean, that's your supporting cast when you have roles like like you know Tom Hagen and the Godfather one playing off of. Fucking Pacino, uh, James Caan, Marlon Brando. I'm like, what? Like, it's it's crazy. It shows you how deep that movie is with uh, with their you know the cast around. It. It's so star studded. It really was, and I mean, I'm yeah. I, I, I'm excited to watch this again because I actually to see just well actually to see Andy Garcia because I remember him being like really great. I remember him being like the only thing I like legitimately loved in this movie. Yeah, I just remember the ending, and I hated the ending because he died. What doesn't he have a heart attack on the steps or something like that at the end? No, not even like he just like he's like falls out of his chair. Yeah, I'm spoiler like, alert! For, spoiler alert for okay. Godfather Three. With come on, the movie's like thirty I'm years so, old. Yeah, the movie's thirty years old, guys. Um, <laughs> I was gonna watch it when Coda came out. Damn you, <laughs> bastards! But I mean, this this is something that. Ford Co- yeah. the Francis Ford I Coppola. I need, I need to revisit this. It's something Francis Coppola has consistently done over his career. He's always like taking movies that he's kind of like, eh, not not too fond of it, kind of retooling it. Like he did with Apocalypse Now. He did it with The Outsiders. No. He did it with The Cotton Club. He re-edited the first two Godfathers together to make the Godfather saga, which I've heard is really great. But I've, I've never seen it. So I've never seen it either, and I got confused when I saw it one one night late at night. I'm like, oh, it's a Godfather one. I'm like, what the hell are we doing in the second one? I'm like, I was confused. Yeah, so I just like enjoy watching them how they how they came out. So it's worked for him three out of four times. I actually think so. I think the Redux Apocalypse now, uh, the the Redux Apocalypse now, the uh, what was I thinking? Redux Apocalypse now, the the complete novel version of of uh, the Outsiders and the Cotton yeah. Club extended ver- editions are are superior films because he you know he, he got to go back and like no restrictions, got to put whatever he wanted to make the movie he wanted. So maybe this will go back and make The Godfather Three a better movie. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I do yeah, like maybe. it better. I, I'm trying to. Think. I, I watched Apocalypse Now, and I think it was the Redux. I'm pretty sure it was. That's the more popular I had nothing version. To judge it on them. What's that? That's the more popular version. Yeah, I mean, that's the one. I think I. I think I consulted you to see which one I should watch. Yeah. Before I watch it, because I owned it. I think I owned the Redux version of it, and um, I watched it. But I'd, I'd never seen it before, so. But um, yeah, I, this is one I want to watch again. Godfather Three, kind of to see what they do in Coda, to see how they kind of uh, maybe amp it up a little bit with maybe like score and and, and maybe plot. Um, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. So I'm 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 incredibly curious, and I always turn out to see the Godfather because I love the Godfather, and plus it gives me an excuse to rewatch Godfather One and Two, which I've not done in some time. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely an interest interested in that when it comes out. I think it said. Theatrical theatrical the, debut the fourth of the December, fourth yeah and it comes Tuesday out the eighth on, comes yeah. out on Blu-ray digital exactly yep. so there you go uh, so that's gonna do it for trailer talk for us and now we move on to notorious news and uh, like we always uh, like to do we have to finish with a salute we have, to, we have to start with a salute to a fallen hero uh, because we lost a an icon in modern day television Mr Alex Trebek passed away due to cancer. Uh, I mean, it's it's 
it kind of sucks to say, but it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. I think it was announced a year or two ago that he had he announced he had prostate cancer. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was it wasn't at like a an awful like it wasn't at like an awful stage, but it was one where it's just like oh yeah, your odds aren't looking good. And plus, he was in his he was in his seventies. So yeah, it's yeah crazy because I hadn't heard any news. Usually in that situation, no news is good news. You know what I mean? True. Um, but yeah, I mean, such a beloved, you know, talk show host, perfect, you know, to, you know, game show, you know, uh, speaker, and just like had just such a soothing voice. Um, could pronounce anything, man. Because like, look at all the words and shit that he had to read on Jeopardy. You know? Oh my god! Um, he, and he was he was he was he was funny. He was fun yeah. to watch. Like yeah. I, I I always looked forward to seeing Alex uh, Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. And then the and the Family Guy that Kevin Zella, I mean, come on, yeah, uh, you know stuff like that. Just just the, his stuff in pop culture, like showing up in like TV shows. I remember Mama's Family had an episode where Vicky Lawrence went on the Jeopardy show and was like they were all smitten by uh, Alex Trebek. And I just that, I don't know. You always just remember things like that. And I think it was because like he had episodes in the can. His, his final episode is going to air, I think, on Christmas. Oh, that's fitting. Yeah, yeah, it's fitting. So it's gonna be it's gonna be sad to. Watch that knows the last time we will see Alex Trebek in, in new episodes. But uh, Alex, you will never. You, you are yeah. One I wonder of the who. Like, I wonder who the. Good. Wonder who they're going to get to fill in after. I have no idea. It's going to be interesting. It's get, it's going to be like a bigger name. I know, but he he leaves some big ass shoes to fill. Alex Trebek, you were an icon in the game show television. One of the greatest hosts of all time. You will be missed, sir. Man, it's crazy because did, didn't Regis didn't Regis Philbin die this year too? Yeah, Regis Philbin just died. Yeah. Wow, we're losing a, like a lot of, lot of like but TV gotta, legends. But you got to figure these guys have been around for a lot longer. That's too, true. Though, yeah, you know I mean they're, they're in they're in their eighties. So. Yeah, I mean I, I mean that's yeah, <laughs> as as uh, what Vince Vaughn said in uh, what was it Wedding Crashers? That's what old people do. They die or yeah. something like that. Um, but no, it's it's one of those things where it's like we just grew up. You know, with them already being older, you know what I mean? And then they've just kind of been with us for 20, 30 years, you know what I mean? And then you're like, damn, like, you know, it's crazy. Even like Pat Sajak and Vanna White, like, I remember, like, and, and speaking of game show hosts too, like, that have been around for a while, you know, they've been around quite some time too. So it's, it's kind of crazy to see that. For sure. Uh, all right, moving on to the rest of the two, uh, some actual news stories. Uh, first of which is Liam Neeson just lined up his next action movie. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Uh, right. It will be. It will be about him. Uh, it will. It will be about him. Uh, he's in a situation. Where he's a businessman, but he gets a phone call telling him there's a bomb in his car. And he needs to do exactly what the bomber says, or else it will explode. It's a lot. A lot of movies. I mean, it's, it's speed. It's speed. First of all, it, it 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 is speed. But I mean, it's like a lot of movies that have had that type of premise though, with a whole. Yeah, that's I mean, funny. like Liam Liam Neeson has beaten up a lot of things in his career. Beat up Europe, a plane, a train, the Fugitive script, Colin Quinn, an automobile, and an now automobile. and now a car. <laughs> oh wow! Now he's going to be beat up a cruise ship, complete the mass transit ass kicking trilogy. Hell yeah! Uh, so yeah, I mean Liam Neeson. It's interesting because like he he knows he's getting up. He's getting up there. He's over six. He's over sixty now. <laughs> but he's but he's, he's, he's still open ass. Found genre, man. He's yeah. still open ass. This yeah, Honest Thief was an enjoyable film too. Oh, you saw um, it? Yeah, yeah, I did. It actually comes out on Blu-ray in a couple weeks too. Uh-huh. Um, so check on or in digital. So check that out. You'll it's your typical Liam Neeson film, but it's it's actually pretty good. 
yeah, he's just he's getting this resurgence, man. I love it. I, I'll go see anything he's in. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, resurgence, but not really. Uh, it look <laughs> for those of you who are fans. I'm not sure where you are, but you got to be out there somewhere because they keep making these goddamn films. Uh, we are getting a fourth film in the Olympus Has Fallen franchise. Gerard Butler is yes. to return <laughs> for Night Has Fallen. Okay, how many things can fall where we just start propping them up with sticks? You know what? I don't care because I'm going to go see it. <laughs> did you see Angel? I haven't seen that one. I did. I liked Angel. <laughs> so, I did, dude, because they had nobody was in it. That's true. Nothing no, was. Hell oh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I I don't know. They're they're guilty pleasures, man. Gerard Butler Gerard Butler action films are just uh, it's, it's a guilty pleasure, and I love the I love the Fallen series. So let's keep it rolling. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm totally down to see more. <laughs> I don't know. I'm down to see, but I'm just like, yeah, sure. Let's let's take a look. I mean, because like, let's take a look. Realistically, what what else is Butler gonna do like career wise right now? You know what I mean? Like, I think I he's kind of just like, you know. He tried, com- he tried comedy. That. that didn't work. I tried rom-coms. Like, we did that for a minute. He tried, me- like, he tried a know, music- He tried a musical to our, you know, ever-loving shame. He did, he did a musical. Yes. He did a musical, uh, Phantom of the Opera. And then, like, yeah, I just like, yeah, I think we're good. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm good with action films. Yeah. Why we'll, not? We'll, 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 see, we'll see what the plot. I don't know what the plot of this one is. They haven't, they haven't announced it yet, but I'm very, I'm just interested <laughs> in what this, what this movie's going to be. <laughs> Uh, I, like I said, though, I'll, I'll be there opening. Well, who knows? If opening night, I say that, and then who knows what the hell we're going to be watching these things in anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, next piece of news we're talking about is uh, Michael Bay has just lined up his next directorial feature. Because, yes, after Six Underground, someone is still looking to give him money. Uh, it is going to be a movie called Ambulance. Okay. Uh, let me see. Let me see if I can find what this, what this movie is actually about. I don't know if he's. I, I believe he's directing it, but I'm not positive. Ambulance. <laughs> uh, oh no, yep, nope, nope, this is this. He is directing this, uh, and it will star one Jake Gyllenhaal. Ooh, okay. Uh, no details on the plot quite yet, but I'm. I'm just gonna take a while. Just take a wild guess. It's gonna be about <laughs> this guy, a guy who's a, who's an EMT. Who ends up in like this like crime caper type thing, right? That's, that's what it has to be about, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean either that or like there's gonna be tons of explosions. <laughs> it's an apocalyptic ambulance driver. I don't know. That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, sorry. Let's do it with all the. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, with all of his explosions. Plotline kept under wraps with the log line of the uh, insiders say the it's in the vein of great A's acting doors like Speed and Bad Boys. Fitting. Since you got yeah, I mean since we got Michael Bay on this. Since you. Since you directed one of them, the weird thing I want, the weird thing I'm pointing out with this is the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal, recently because you remember after one Prince of Persia failed, he was like, you know what, I'm done with action movies, I'm done with you know big blockbusters, I'm just gonna you know sit quietly and you know, just do my dramas, do my quiet indies. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, I guess I guess Spider-Man Homecoming, I just Spider-Man Far From Home came with like a massive paycheck. He's like, oh, you know what, there is something to these big blockbusters, so I'm gonna sign up for some yeah. of these. We talked about how yeah, where the lead's just me, and I I don't have to share the spotlight. Yeah, we talked about how he teamed up with Fuqua again. He's doing this thing with Bay. Uh, he may be back for another Spider-Man movie. We don't know, but yeah, I mean Jake Gyllenhaal looks like he's kind of tempered to blockbusters again. Which I mean, good for him. He's getting paid, and he's still considered one of the best actors today. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm down. I guess I guess he's still salty after after night after the Nightcrawler snub. 
It's like God. I rewatch. I just I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. Man, that's such a good movie. He's like, God, my, my, even my, even my best wasn't good enough. God damn it. Seriously. Uh, next, Crazy. yeah. Next story we're talking about, and this is a this is actually a really fun full circle. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is producing a reboot of the Scorpion King. Again, uh, fitting because yes, that that is famously the role where he got his start. His, his first role in a film was the villain in the Mummy Two, or Mummy Returns, I should say. And uh, his first leading role was in the spinoff, The Scorpion King, which they are actually still making movies of today. That that thing is still getting yeah. sequels. Are they are they seriously straight to DVD? Yeah, all straight to DVD. How many Scorpion Kings are there? I think six. Jeez. So yeah, now well, that's, that's crazy. Now they're heading back to the big screens. I'll now ask you, Russell. Do you think that audiences are are ready for more Scorpion King? Are are, are, are willing to accept another Scorpion King? Because we. You mean awful CGI? Yeah, I'm going to say because Lord knows we weren't right to accept it the first time. No, they weren't ready. They had the ideas, but they weren't ready to put pen to paper. Um, because I remember how awful those looked. Um, oh, it's 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 yeah, st- it mean, still looks no. bad. It still looks very bad. Oh, I, I I don't doubt it. Um, yeah, I I don't need Scorpion King, but you know, okay. Some, <laughs> it's been twenty plus years. Someone's watching these straight to DVD films. I guess there's yeah, an audience for some, it. There's a fanboy out there somewhere, man. But yeah, like twenty twenty years removed from it, it's like I'm I'm all right. Yeah, and the thing I'm hearing about is about it is that it might take place during the modern day, which I don't know how the hell that oh my works. God. I don't know how that works. Yeah, how that yeah, how that time travel like, yeah, like I don't know. That, okay. that shit was a stretch. That shit was a stretch when it took place in, you know, like the the nineteen thirties or whatever. This no, yeah. no, you're pushing it. You push it too far, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, that's yeah, a little little crazy. Uh, so yeah, no Romans getting released, but yeah, looking to pass torch on, make a new Scorpion King. Maybe in the future, this guy will become the new Dwayne Johnson. Who knows? Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, actually <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm going here. I'm going here first. And we're going to another one. Uh, Judd Apatow has just announced his new film. It's going to be a Netflix production. Uh, it's going to be a quarantine-based comedy. Basically, going to be about a bunch of actors who are stuck in a hotel because COVID halted their filming. Which, which okay, right at the bat, I think that's a great premise. Yeah, hopefully you have a good cast and that, like, your, your oh. usual cronies in there will be great. Oh, it's Apatow. He's going to get a great cast. You know it. You know that I hope shit. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, mean, the, 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 I mean, just some... I would love it if he did, like, a This Is The End, like, funny people approach and had, like, a bunch of these actors play themselves. Yeah, that would actually be really funny. I think, I think so. I, I think that... I, I think that Apatow is he's kind of finding he's kind of finding his own uh, or his zone within um, within streaming because I think King is I think King is Island did look well if I'm not mistaken for streaming because that was that was one of the first movies to go straight to digital after the COVID pandemic uh, and I, I really did well and yeah I mean Apatow he's looking to build like a big he's he's the kind of guy who'd be like perfect for a streaming career. Yeah, I mean, because his stuff's low budget. I mean, it's low budget. It's cheap. Yeah. We we already know it's going to be half an hour too long. Oh, because all of his shit is a half hour too long. Except forty year old virgin. That I think that I think is a good length. Yeah, but like this is forty ran too long. Uh, uh, rocked up ran a little bit too long. Train wreck ran too long. King of Staten Island. Train wreck ran too long. King of Staten Island runs too long. Again, yeah. Judd. He's, he he gets in the. Yeah, I, I think isn't funny people like two and a half hours. 
Fire People's really good. I have it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember really liking it a lot. Yeah, but Judd, you can you can make your movies an hour and a half or an hour and a half or a hundred minutes. It's okay. We're not going to judge you. Yeah. Yeah. When the little voice in your head saying you should be done, you should be done. You don't have to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, so we'll definitely see when this comes out. But I'm definitely excited to see you know how that how that movie turns out. Uh, <laughs> this is the one I'm laughing at. So uh, it was announced that uh, this is via deadline. So this is actually legit. Uh, Spike Lee has set his one of one of his next films. Uh, it's going to be a film musical about uh, Fizzer. Uh, I think it's, I think it's Fitzer, uh, the company. Uh, it's going to be a musical about them, and they, of course, developed the miracle drug Viagra. <laughs> it's going to oh be about God. the genesis of. Yes, Spike Lee is making a Viagra musical. That's hilarious. That's just it's just this is just really weird. <laughs> Like, yeah. Of all, um, of all the shit I ever thought I'd see Spike Lee try, this is not on the list. Where do you randomly get the idea? Like, I ugh, I don't even know. Oh, boy. I, I, I really feel the Spike Lee hubris growing again. This is not this is not a good sign. <laughs> because, look, he's been hitting recently. Chirac was a, a good step in the right direction. Black Clansman was excellent. The Five Bloods is really great. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's going to the, it looks like he's going back to like his mid two thousand his mid to late two thousand stretch where he's like, I can do whatever I want and no Spike, no you can't. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> gotta reel it back in a little bit. Yeah, reel it back in. So I I mean I'm definitely I'm interested because this sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it definitely sounds a little little out there for him, but uh, yeah, Stiff, Stiffy the Musical is set for a uh, no no world when it's coming when it's coming out, but set at the E1 Studios, so it's coming down the line. <laughs> we'll see where this. Wonder wonder if they do it like spring, but just put sprung on the, like the posters. Ah, nice. Uh, 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 there you go. Uh, next piece of news. Russell, are you pissed? I just want to get to the right uh, now. Are you pissed off? Am I pissed off at what? Yeah, all right, just in general, are you pissed off? I'm sure this news is probably going to make it worse, so it, it let's will. go for it. It will. Uh, because news came out, Zack Snyder confirmed, uh, Zack Snyder in his infinite wisdom confirmed that Jared Leto, okay, well, this, this is an addition to the spike to the new Steppenwolf picture where he looks like an even gayer Viking. It was confirmed that Jared Leto was never part of the, additional, of the original Snyder cut, which means all Good. his scenes are going to be newly shot things. Uh, which begs, which yeah. So it uh, begs the question: What the hell does Joker have to do with the Justice League? Yeah, like you don't even need him in there. Not to mention, who's clamoring for more Jared Leto? Uh, Nobody. Uh, we yeah. gave, we gave you we gave you a slight pass. Okay, no, we didn't. We gave you a minor pass when when we thought, oh, it's probably just stuff they already shot before. But then that, that, you didn't even you didn't even shoot this. Yeah. That's, uh, this is crazy. And then that Steppenwolf picture, it looks, I mean, I've, it's better, but it, I feel like it almost, it, it almost, he's trying to make it look like Thanos with like a helmet on. Like, it's like, like, like kind of like blocking his face. You know what I mean? It looks like Spike, like your thing. Real, it looks like Spike, your Thanos. Yeah. Cause you can tell with the, with the grooves in his chin and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> is WB regretting throwing money at this right now? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when it comes out in 2021. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm not going to uh, let the haters hate, but yeah, I, we don't need any Jared Leto in it, though. Uh, but something we do need that I'm happy kind of I'm happy is happening. It, it was confirmed that Sylvester Stallone 
will have a role in the Suicide Squad. James Gunn, the Suicide James Gunn's the Suicide Squad, set for release next year. Uh, no word on who he's playing yet, but this is actually the second time that he will be directing Sylvester Stallone because he was, of course, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, I have no idea who he's playing. I kind of wish he would have placed Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just make, kinda, just, yeah. Just make, it, make him Rick Flagg and just don't even explain it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? But, uh, yeah, I mean, Celeste Stallone in, in the Suicide Squad. Are you excited? Hell yeah. <laughs> all right. That's all we need, that's all we need to know. Absolutely. It's John Rambo. <laughs> oh, if he's, yeah. if, he's, if he's playing John Rambo, it's not the universes. I'm, I'm down. I'd be down to watch that. Oh, that'd be awesome for sure. Uh, next piece of news you're talking about is, uh, oh, this comes from Ashley Russell's favorites. Actually, let me say that one. Uh, there is a third Quiet Place movie in the works. Uh, two hasn't even come out yet. That was, uh, you know, kind of screwed by COVID. Uh, so we now have, uh, but we now have word that a third is coming out, set for a 2022 release. John Krasinski is not returning to direct this one. He's only going to produce, but into the director's chair steps one Mr. Jeff Nichols. Yes, of Midnight Special, Loving, and Mud, and Take Shelter fame. So this is a very interesting pick. It's probably the biggest movie he's had He's had given to him so far. He hasn't done anything like, you know, big franchise related. And he's a really, he's a really yeah. good director. I think that he's his cup, his last couple have have, re, have really had out of the park. So what? Do you, I mean, I know you're not huge on the first Quiet Place. What do you think? And we haven't seen two yet, uh, so we don't yeah. know. If we want to see more of this universe. But what do you think of the Quiet Place to be directed by Jeff Nichols? Yeah, I mean, I definitely could see it. I mean, like how you said, it's a it's a huge you know title given for him, and some of his other work has been more. Kind of see like more serious, I would say. Well, I mean, wasn't Mud the one with uh, McConaughey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, I enjoyed those ones, um, and kind of what you said. Yeah, the first Quiet Place. I mean, it's good. It's not like what how everybody else makes it out to be. We'll see the second one, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a solid pick for for a director. I mean, why not? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll definitely see. Uh, where the, you know, definitely see how this movie turns out. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Quiet Place Two turns out. That's gonna be the real litmus test for this franchise. You know, to see yeah, how it sure. can continue because the first one was a smash, smash hit. And so we'll see if that's something they can continue. Uh, now we move on to your favorite subject, uh, and that oh is boy. going to be Disney live action remakes. You know it. Uh, and it looks like uh, one of the ones they had in works with Lilo and Stitch. And it looks like they just signed over director with one Mr. John M. Chu. That's right. Crazy Rich Asians own John M. Chu will be directing this film. So, I mean, look, I know you're, I know you're, no, <laughs> you're no fan of these remakes. But <laughs> they've been signing some very really talented talent. Between this, between Barry Jenkins yeah. and this, uh, I'm, 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 look, uh, I'm not a fan of John Chu's earlier work. I think Jared, yeah. Jared Retaliation is crap. Jim and the Holograms, crap. Yeah. Crazy with Jason's I like a lot, though. I think that movie is actually really Yeah, I good. do. Uh, so now he's got In the Heights, which was supposed to come out this year, but got delayed. And uh, now he's got this lined up. So, I mean, do you think do you think he's turning a corner? Do you think he could be like, come, become one of the more prominent directors in Hollywood? And does this increase your excitement for Lilo and Stitch? I mean, I would say just based on the direct, you know, the director, the talent there. Yeah, I did enjoy Crazy Rich Asians a lot. Um, I, th I thought it was a really good, very underrated film that you know got really no love uh, Oscar time, which was kind of crazy. Um, it was a fun film, though. I enjoyed it. And it was more of his coming out like, you know, what I mean, 
more of his coming out party, I guess. And said, hey, you know, I've been around. But yeah, I really enjoyed that film. Um, does it increase the excitement for it? Eh. I mean, I'll end up seeing it anyway because of Ella. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm more excited to see with with when I know who's behind the uh, the the lens. So yeah, yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in this more now too. I, what's going to sell me is like the design of Stitch. I want to see how they bring yeah. that to life. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know all this stuff with you know Tom and Jerry and all this other shit, dude. I just I don't I just can't too much. Uh, well, something we can with, but we won't be we won't be able to with for quite a while. It, not quite a while, but just longer than we expected. Uh, WandaVision. WandaVision uh, has switched release dates. It was originally slated for a 2020 release date. That is no longer the case. It will now be releasing on Disney Plus January 15th, 2020. Now, I was not surprised by this move for one reason and one reason alone. Mandalorian. Uh, I think they realized yeah, that. Sense. Yeah, I think they realized it just, the, se- the season just started at the end of last month. So I think yeah. I think they realized like oh crap we're not gonna we're, they're not gonna be done in time. So yeah I I think I think it's actually a smart strategy to kind of space it out because you know you do, you want yeah. to let them have their conversation, let the hype for that yeah. die out a little bit before because it, it'd be weird to like have Mandal to either have Mandalorian and that running at the same time or to finish Mandalorian and then like go straight into Wandavision like you need a trans you need a transition you you need a breather. Yeah, I mean it's a smart move. I can see it. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think I think it's a good move on their part. It sucks because now we have like no cinematic Marvel properties for this year, like at all. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Super crazy. I mean, it might not be the worst thing because after after Endgame was such like a monumental success that we take we take a year off. So. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe not yeah. a bad move. Maybe, let maybe. it breathe. Let everything breathe. Let's. Let's hit the reset button and relax. You know. Yeah. Let let it breathe. Let you know you guys can marinate in your in your massive success. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see y'all back in 2021 when uh, the Viagra company hopefully finishes the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next piece of news talking about this is one that uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, a few years ago, we had a little movie come out called Creed 2. It was the sequel to Creed of 2015. Uh, I was skeptical about Creed 2 going in, but then I found out that it was. I watched it and I actually really enjoyed it a lot. So I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Uh, director behind that was one Mr. Stephen Capel Jr., who was his first was his first big, really big movie, had massive shoes to fill, and I think he did it rather well. Uh, I was very curious what his next project was going to be because after that, like he he didn't really get anything. We never really heard about him like getting another no. movie after that. Yeah, real quiet. I was really mm-hmm. hoping he get something else. Uh, my prayers have been answered, and I take everything back I just said, because because. Uh, it has been announced that he is going to be directing the next installment in the Transformers franchise. Now, okay, here's the thing. I am happy for Stephen Cable Jr. for him getting work, because I do think he is incredibly talented. However, <laughs> uh, I'm not as sold on him directing a Transformers movie, especially with the talent they have behind it. So first of all, I should say this is being billed as uh, a revamp. So I don't think this is going to tie into the Bumblebee universe for a good reason. Okay. I mean, the movie didn't do very well. Yeah, but it was more critically liked than it well, was. Uh, yeah, it it played beat to beat with ET, but still. Uh, yeah, no, it it it, well, it did play for, for ET, Iron Giant, but it was still enjoyable nonetheless. But when you follow three, just awful, actually four awful movies. Okay, okay, three and a half awful movies. 
you wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the writer of this is one Mr. Joby Harold. I don't know if you recognize his name, but his previous credits include uh, Awake. Remember this movie where Hayden Christians is getting heart, sur- heart yeah, surgery? Yes, and, and he's actually awake during it. Yeah, with uh, Jessica Alba's in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Awful film. Terrence Howard, I believe, is the doctor? Terrence Howard was the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I, d- I remember that movie. And King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which I don't I don't, I don't hate, but it's not... King not Arthur. So, uh, is that the one with... The Guy Ritchie. Oh, never mind. Okay, I'm thinking of the one before that was Scarlet. Was it Scarlet Joe? Was in that one? Scarlet Joe. Or not Scarlet Joe. Uh, Keira Knightley. Knightley. Yeah, you think of of uh, Fuqua King Arthur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, which which I I mean I liked more than this one, but yeah. Uh, look, I'm not saying Joby Harrell's not a talented dude. I'm just saying maybe, maybe his tra- it is his talents have not translated to the big screen yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so, but I mean. And his executive producer, his executive producer credits are not as great. Sure, he produced Edge of Tomorrow and John Wick Chapter Three, but he also produced Robin Hood, Batman Begins, and My Blind Brother, whatever the hell that is. Oh, I remember this. I remember this now. It's the one with Adam with uh, Adam Scott's, where he plays a blind dude. I never saw. I never even heard of it. It's actually, it's actually pretty good. Okay, so so three for four on his executive thing executive uh producer credits oh boy uh but yeah i mean so we get, we're getting into the transformers film because hasbro's insisted on trying to make his franchise work i mean they, and they got close they did get close but it didn't work financially so i mean what do you what do you do differently this time around because they, they clearly got to learn from their past mistakes i mean make it a coherent story i i would say it was one because i think that's something that we really started lacking there you know, as they started, you know, as we got through each installment, they started getting more and more far fetched, and they were just kind of just throwing anything its way. Like, oh yeah, during uh, King Arthur times, and you know, blah blah blah. It's like, really? I, I don't know. I think we, I think we need to do that. I think we need to make a concise, you know, a clear, concise idea of what we want to do with it, and not try to be real muddled or just be all around the 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 map of history, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, I would say that I would say I would keep the action sequences in there because I think that's something that really like prouded the, the, the first couple ones that Bay did. Um, you kind of have to have that, um, you know, the big explosion and stuff like that. It was the fun stuff that was in Transformers, well, well, I, I think. think. But I... then you but you also have to settle it down with like the Bumblebee story with the storyline, like get 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 us to kind of relate a little bit to it. too. you know what and, I mean? And so you have to kind of blend that. Well, what I think they should do, first of all, make it an ensemble piece. Like, yeah. like, don't just focus. Don't just focus on Bumblebee for two hours. Like, bring, oh yeah, no, completely. Like, we like Transformers because it's the Transformers. It's the team. That's what we like seeing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, focus on the. T- it's it's not that hard. Look, refugees from, refugees from an alien war on other planets come to Earth, come to Earth, Decepticons follow them, and they fuck their shit up. That's all you got to do. <laughs> make it about the Transformers. Give them give them personality. Make them fun. Make them likable. Ha, don't make fu- no make the fights like look like junkyards having sex, like that's that's all you have to do. Ha, make the human side characters like we're here for Transformers. Let us see Transformers. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. Yeah, God, it's just I I think that I mean look, I Bully was step in the right direction, but it still it still lacked that Transformers that Transformers you know that spark pun intended that spark for me. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. I agree. And that yeah, I think that I think you could do a lot. I think you do a lot with with this property just because I mean, look look at the longevity. Look at the longevity this franchise has had. They've been around since the eighties. Pe- people will turn up for a good Transformers movie. After okay, that, that doesn't follow 
a couple bad transformers movies. The point is, people are willing to give you passes where needed. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think Stephen Cable Jr. shows a lot of potential as like an up and coming director. So I'm really, I'm really interested in this. Hopefully, yeah, he's not I mean, ham, ham, ham yeah, a bad script. And hopefully, done right, and it can kind of spawn like a new fran- like a new franchise, a revitalization of a franchise. You know what I mean? I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, next story we want to talk about. So our penultimate story is uh, one that's it's kind of a no shit conclusion, uh, but I had to say it anyways. Uh, looks, uh, Black Panther two will not feature a CGI Chadwick Boseman. Cause duh. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do I think it? Do I think you could do it? Yes, but it's hinged on the fact that he's not the lead. <laughs> here's what I'm saying. If you want to do like a little nod, say like something happened where like you have this, this like I don't know, you have something where it's like a spiritual realm or you know like a little nod like that, it, it'd be fine. And like we or our supporting role, like we saw that we saw that work with uh, Rise of Skywalker, we saw it work with um, Rogue One. It's not impossible to bring back an actor from the dead when they're a supporting character, when they're the lead, when they're the fo- the focus yeah. of the film. It's gonna That's be a hard. little. It's gonna be a little weird. Yeah. Also, maybe kind of disrespectful because not disrespectful, but it's kind of yeah. odd considering this dude just like he just passed away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you, you got to go easy into that. You got to I would wait a little bit longer. Don't make a rash decision, you know what I mean? No, I just, mean, and they, and they have they have it, a couple years until this movie comes out, so they're probably just going to hold hold so, up on it and yeah. I, I like I said, I think recast the smarter decision. In the end, yeah, or, yeah, I could see them doing something like that. Yeah, I think I think there are ways around this where you don't have to spend like millions and millions of dollars to bring back a dead actor and have people flip out because it's unnatural. <laughs> because they will. Yeah, or just build it into the storyline like it's passed down or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just have a you can do it tastefully. You, yeah, there, there are ways you can do this tastefully where it's not like CGI actors with people do like I said, people do have a problem with so. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll see how that turns out when Black Panther 2 comes out. It's currently set for a May 20, 2022 release. I'm willing to bet that's going to change. Uh I I don't believe I don't think they're going to stick to it, but I could be wrong. We'll see. Uh and last story we're talking about today. Uh we talked last week about how Johnny Depp was removed from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. It looks like they might but WB might have found his replacement in the one Mr. Danish Wonder Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, as you might recognize from, well, a lot of things actually. Uh, the Hunt, Hannibal, which he's excellent in. He's the villain in Doctor Strange. Uh, again, Rogue One. Uh, so, so many things. Great, great fucking actor. Uh, yeah, for sure. Oh, he was also the villain in Casino Royale. He was the chief. Probably still Dan. Oh, yeah. Probably still Dan Craig's best villain. Oh well, no, Javier Bardem Silva was really good. Uh, so, uh, Russell, I know you haven't seen the Fantastic Beasts films, so it's kind of hard for you to judge. But would would Mads Mikkelsen entice you to maybe check out this franchise? I mean, yeah. I mean, granted, I, I don't think you know Johnny Depp was one of the reasons that people wanted to see it anyway. Do you know what I mean? So I, th- yeah. I think why not? I mean, it doesn't. And he's a good, solid actor. So I mean, yeah. I still haven't seen the second one just because I just never. Uh, I just it, it just looks like it's going to be uh, an effort to sit through. I, ha- <laughs> I, I haven't absolutely. I haven't assigned it as homework yet, so. I, ha- I haven't made the the want for effort to do that, but yeah. 
But now, and I, I do have another question because I do, I do think it'd be a really good switch because I think Matt, like I said, Matt Douglas is incredibly talented. I do have another question because this is something I've seen going around a lot on the internet. Uh, so I mean, people people up bring up the the, hypo- the hypocrisy of WB for removing Johnny Depp and not removing Amber Aquaman too. As far as as far as we know, and as far as she says, she is staying on the project. Uh, which caused, of, of course, a lot of people to not be very happy and say they're going to boycott the film. So, uh, Russell, because here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm going to say right now. Uh, this is naturally going to bring in some really bra- bad press of the film. Like It yeah. just naturally is. Now, here's the thing. I am not taking sides on in this dispute with anybody. I think both. I think this couple is incredibly toxic. One of the most I've ever seen. Uh, but here's the thing. Do you think WB should remove Amber Heard? And if they do, and if they do, or they don't, I'm sorry. If they don't, do you think that Aquaman 2 will suffer because of it? Because remember, the first one made a killing at the box office. Yeah. I, like, uh, to me, I would personally err on the side of caution, just replace her. Get 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 the whole talk out of the system, you know what I mean? So then they can't talk about it. You leave her in there, then that's what, you know, I mean, that's that's going to be the, the, the downswing of your movie. Oh, well, you had Amber Heard in there and all the bullshit with her and, you know, Johnny Depp, who who did what and who, you know what I mean, whatever. Uh, complete disaster of a relationship. I mean, to me, I would just replace. You can find anybody. Um, I mean, you can find anybody can fit in like a red, like maybe like a Jessica Chastain or like a, uh, you can find any, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think redhead. Jessica Chastain, red, red. I, I would say Jessica Chastain wouldn't go that low, but she did do Dark, she did do Dark Phoenix. So yeah, she would. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like, or like, what, like, what about Emilia Clark? Bring, bring Emilia Clark in. Emilia Clark looks perfect. Yeah. I think, I think, I think I saw something Ter- on that on Facebook. She looks standard the same. Teresa, pa- Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer, I think, is a really good actress. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on the same page with you. I think, I think you can get rid of yeah. Amber Heard. I think I, for, um, and kind of sense the fact that I don't think she's very good in Aquaman. I just think I find I mean, it bizarre that she yeah. has so little chemistry with that man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, but it's it's something that you can you could fix, and it's not that big of a deal. Do you know what I mean? It's not a big big loss. No, it's not. Like no to, one's going to, to the fran- No yeah, one's going so, for yeah. Amber Heard. And in fact, people are not going now because of Amber Heard. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think we're both on the page that she probably should be replaced. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. I have no idea. But if if she's not replaced, a lot of people are going to be yeah. very unhappy. Yeah. Uh, but and that's the brings us to the end of our news, which means we now move on to the movie of the week, Princess Mononoke. Uh, so Princess Mononoke. Uh, I I actually looked looked into it. Uh. I was like this movie actually had like a really great reputation among the fans of Ghibli. People, some people consider this among the best of director Hayami Izaki, who has been directing anime classics for literally decades. Came out in 1997 in Japan and was actually the highest-grossing film there at the time until Titanic came out. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. But and the, like I said, came out in 1987. Does this movie hold up as well today? And does it hold up for people who are a not big, not you know, Master Studio Ghibli fans? Again, I'm I'm as a big animation buff. I know Studio Ghibli's great. I'm just I haven't deep dived into their filmography yet. I can still do it. Any of their eyes, so yeah. yeah. So we're we're kind of coming at as newbies, and we're coming as people who are not as big into you know anime in general. 
So this is brand new territory for us. So how does this hold up to American audiences? You're going to find out firsthand right now. Because this is Princess Mononoke. Uh, so the movie starts off, we get an introduction by by a very, very recognizable Keith David. Like I, I, yeah. I have the fact that the spawn credits of Start Wild walking this intro. Uh, we find out... <laughs> We find out that these that these people live in this world of like you know, it's it's like in a world that you know gods exist among you know animal creatures. Uh, and we open up with our main character Ashitaki, dubbed by Billy Crudup. I should mention also we did watch the uh, dubbed version. I, I've heard I've heard the I've heard the Jap I've generally heard the Japanese versions are better, but I've also heard the dubbed versions are. You're not really losing a whole lot. So we were perfectly fine, you know, watching watching a dub of this. Uh, we open up as his village is being attacked by this like tentacly demon parasite. The tentacle it is Japan, tentacle demon parasite thing. <laughs> I will say, man, this opening scene is fantastic. Oh, for sure. I mean, just the animation in 1997. Oh, you know, yeah. you're thinking like of this for the, for anime. I mean, obviously, we saw a couple years prior with Pixar did, but like this is a completely different way of animation. And it's it's, it's really, oh, it was. it's really quite amazing on the screen for sure. Oh yeah, and we'll talk about this like right now because like like with most like with most Ghibli films, the animation is spectacular. Like the yep. the, the, the design work is great. The color scheme is fantastic. Uh, the the sp- it has great speed to it, especially it, it's and the bulk of it is exemplified in this opening scene right here. Because you know you have these two things, one that moves like very sporadically, this parasite demon thing. The other people, these other ones who move like very much like real people. It's crazy. The, the, the amount of detail in this is insane to me. Yeah. And it's like the use of shadows. Yeah, the some- use of shadows in this is fantastic. Go ahead. What you were saying? Yeah, for something just for like a, like a. No, I'm just saying like the attention to detail, like for the opening what, 45 seconds to a minute that we see this this creature monster or whatever, like real quick. In the beginning, and it's yeah, it's it is pretty pretty amazing to watch on the screen. Yeah, it's it sucks you in from minute one. I love the use of shadows. I love the use of you know contrasting colors. I think this, I think this movie is on the service, and we'll probably say this any time we look at a Ghibli film. It looks it looks sensational. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So uh, Ashitaka goes on to fight this thing. Uh, he will to find out that this is some kind of boar spirit. Uh, he ends up beating this thing, but whatever demon parasite thing he had, he, it had on it, kind of rubbed off on him. Uh, we find yeah. out that uh, this was a forest spirit that was corrupted due to the presence of this like iron ball inside of it. Uh, yeah, iron ball inside of it that kind of corrupted it. So it was like, okay, Ashitaki, uh, here's <laughs> here's some good news. Here's some bad news. Bad news is that de- that demon parasite that got on you is gonna spread to your entire body. It's gonna hurt and it's gonna fucking kill you. But yeah, and you're pro- you're gonna die. But but you but you have the opportunity to go and you know try and see what's going down in the west. Maybe find maybe find a cure for yourself. Can't come back. Can't come back here though. Yeah, you're banished. Bye now. This this also kind of amplifies the thing that I. <laughs> I do kind of like when watching dubbed anime. Which, again, I'm not a big yeah. anime. Again, I'm not a big anime guy. But when I when I do watch one, I do find it funny, just the way certain things are dubbed. Because, I mean, it's translating from a foreign language to English. It's not going to translate perfectly, but you do find like try, yeah. try and find the best way possible. And I do love the yeah. I do love the way like he walks off where he's like, "You have to go off on your own. 
We can't look. We can't look at you while you leave. You're dead to us now. It's like what the. F- Thank you. I was like, I was like, man, that's cruel. Yeah, I'm like, wow, this is the rules here are very. Cr- you, you save your entire village from a, from a demon, and, you're, and now you're dead to them. You look hideous with that thing on your arm. I gotta go now. <laughs> Don't look back. Oh, that a, wow, what a, what a, what happens on broke out in chicken pox? Seriously, sin against humanity. You must Damn leave, it. demon. Yeah, you have to. You have to put a bag over your face. We, you're really hard to look at. Yeah. Don't look back at us. <laughs> I must turn my back on you now, son. Yes, your 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 sight is hideous. Yeah. So uh, so Ashtaka goes off and he sees a village being raided by, I think they say samurai, but I don't know if that's what they mean because samurai samurai traditionally don't do this kind of thing. It's kind of a very and that, and that's what I was wondering too because I'm like samurai samurai aren't like yeah. Yeah, they're not. They're not like. They're not like a, a old west outlaw gang. No. But something. Something else. You. I will. I noticed. Don't watch this movie. The fact that it's incredibly violent. Oh man, especially when that thing takes over his arm and it like. It's almost like it, he has like the golden gun in uh, Goldeneye. One shot kills you. Right. You know what I mean? Like anything ultra, like uh, just a regular, a regular arrow. Now all of a sudden. Take somebody's head off. Yeah, take someone like takes someone's head off. It takes some dude, it takes the dude's arm off. Yeah, yeah. A sword, sword takes somebody's arm off. I'm like, oh my god. And this is PG-13 at the time too. So which I was like, wow, super, uh, super uh, vulgar, like vulgar, like you know, actually being like descriptive of it. They got away with seeing it, it on yeah. the screen. And we look at like me yeah. other work. Like he, he very rarely does anything like super action oriented. This is one. This is one of the few. Uh, like a lot of, yeah, a lot was of quite, other ones I are was, good. No, I was gonna say my mouth was like wide open when I first saw it because I wasn't expecting that. I was like, "Holy shit!" And like I see this guy's head falling off and rolling down, or his arms. I'm like, "Wow!" Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that. He very much puts a, like a very episode like whimsy and like wonder and like you know just the just the just the enchantment of being like these new strange worlds. Not here, no. He is violent as fuck in this film. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually like a very. I, I want to say like the the gore exploitation animated version of this, where it's like every time something comes off, they have like those like Kill Bill like blood hoses. Yeah, but it's like, but but again, I guess I see what he's trying to do because of this thing being so powerful. This is how powerful this thing can be. So I, I think we're seeing that parallel to it too. Do you know what I mean? We're seeing how bad that this thing, how ultra strong that this thing can make you, on top of it. So I I, I can kind of see that too. Being yeah, for trying sure. to be drawn out too. And also, I do want to mention, Ashitaki is actually like a really great protagonist. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, you very quickly understand what he's about. You very quickly get behind him in his quest. He's he's, he's likable. He's very he's heroic. Like he he is a very very solid leading leading character. I completely agree. Uh, something I did tell you before, though, and I, I kind of got the score soundtrack to this is is actually really beautiful. But it did kind of really take me back into like Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, like on this journey, on this quest. You know what I mean? I was kind of getting those vibes when I heard the, the it score. Was, it was Middle Earth-ish, and I mean we can't fault the movie for it because it, it did precede those no. movies by like five yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just a you know it's just a weird coincidence like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, he goes. Uh, so Ashtaka goes off on his journey, and he meets this dude. I don't remember his name. Like this, like Jingo. Jigo. Jigo. Uh, he's voiced by Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, which is so weird. It's so off-putting because it's like, what? Like yeah. him doing animated. This is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. And 
It's it's not that it's it's not that it's Billy Bob Thornton. It's just that Billy Bob Thornton, Thornton's voice coming out of that that body. It's just in an anime just, film. In yeah. an anime, it's just very jarring. Like usually yeah. they're pretty good at ca- casting their movies, but here it's just like, uh, he's he's very Texan to be just to be Japanese. It's it's kind of weird. It is, yeah. It's kind of off-putting when you first hear, and you're like, "Oh, you, you knew exactly who it was." But something, something else is like, I also find very funny is the fact that like, they, they do another thing that they do another thing that they do in a lot of movies where like there's very there's very little introduction because like we don't even find out this dude's name until what like an hour like an hour hour and a half into this movie. Yeah, and all of a sudden he's just running around with him, and yeah. the other reason why I knew his name was Jigo was because of the fact that I knew it was Billy Bob Thornton. I looked up his character's name, and I saw that's who he voiced. So like, I was kind of doing the math myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, they never they never introduce him, so it's, just, so it's really weird. That he's, ta- he's paddling along. He's like he's, he's dispelling like all this like useful information. Like he like he goes in the Iron Ball. You're like, oh yeah, I've seen I've seen shit like this before. You should go to this iron this Iron Town place. It's like, okay, great, but also, who the fuck are you? <laughs> It's like, yeah, um, before I leave, uh, can I grab your name? I think this might be important for our yeah. Uh, viewers. Yeah, uh, before I leave, can I just find out who you are? I mean, I know who you are, <laughs> but it's just for the audience. I think they need clarification, which which we did. I had to do, yeah, I mean, I totally did my own recon on it, but I mean, I, I see where, yeah, you're watching. You're like, um, who are you? Yeah, so it, yeah it, it's it's very strange. Uh, so he goes off to this, to this Iron Town place that he, t- he told him about. Meanwhile, we cut to what is basically going to be the main conflict for the re- for the rest of the movie. Uh, we see a convoy of of, of oxen. I guess, like, would that be a con- would that be a convoy? Heard? No, nope, it's not really a convoy. Convoys are trucks. Uh, I don't. I, how, how does one do? Let's, let's say a herd. Not a murder of a herd. <laughs> let's just say a herd of oxen. Uh, a, a being parliament of owls. A parliament of a parliament of oxen. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> We see a parliament of oxen being led back to Iron Town like under their leader, voiced by Minnie Driver. Uh, yes. They get into a big conflict with the with the wolf spirits. Uh, thing is, though, they're created to match. Why? Because they got fucking guns. They are packing. Uh, and man, if I was a kid when I saw this, like there's, there's a scene where like a wolf is coming, is coming at Minnie Driver's character. And then he and then she like shoots it and like sets it on fire and falls off a cliff. Like if I, if I was a kid, I would have been like scared. I would have been, been like scared. Like oh no, not not the wolf. Help him. Yeah, there's there's super some, some super like uh, yeah scenes like that that really just stay in your head. You're like wow, this is legit happening. And we'll talk about his scene here coming up pretty soon too. Oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, so the the wolves the wolves kick the kick the shit of the of the Iron Town people. And you know one, the the old the older wolf gets she gets injured on the way. And that's when we meet. I get I guess what is the most recognizable character in this film, San. She is referred to Princess. Yeah. Mon- she is referred to Princess Mononoke. That's actually not her name. Mononoke means something else. It's kind of what she is. But her name is San. She's voiced by Claire Danes. Uh, and she, she sucks blood from wolves. She does <laughs> suck blood from wolves. That's what I was talking about. I'm like, oh my god, she's like spitting it. I'm like, oh my, I'm like, oh my god. Like, is she like sucking out the bullets? I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like, again, this is PG-13. I can only imagine like in '97, like people watching this. Like, I don't know. Oh, if that was I'm expected. sure. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure a bunch of families took their kids, thinking this. Oh, this is a fun, you know, fun well, animal. What just movie. happened? <laughs> and then you see like wolves happened? getting shot and yeah. like heads, heads being shot yeah. off. And blood everywhere. This isn't like the a... hunchback of Notre Dame. What are we doing here? 
Like, oh no, what are we doing? Uh, but yeah, uh, it, this movie is actually very. It's actually very adult, I've, and I've heard this is actually one of his more mature works because it it does it is incredibly nuanced. And we'll get to it as we we'll get to it as we you know continue on the film. Uh, Ashitaki, Ashitaki sees that she uh, Rasan goes away. Uh, which leads him to help for these two people he found who were injured, who were injured from that convoy. Keep in mind, these guys fell off a fucking cliff, so these these people are indestructible in this world. They're, no, they're indestructible yes. unless they're paper, <laughs> and you can take off your, their head yeah. with an arrow. Yeah, it's one or the <laughs> other. There is no in between. No. Uh, and this this is a scene I I actually really enjoy because uh, it's one that. There's very little talking. It's all just like the artwork and the music. It's when uh, Ashitaki is they stop at that wa- at that watering hole. Uh, he starts to tend yeah. his wound, and then you see the spirit the spirit of the forest. And yeah. I love the way the scene is orchestrated because there's, there's no talking. It's all the score, and it's all like the visuals, and he, uh, it makes you feel like you're looking at heaven. It's relaxing. It really there's like a, a calm that just kind of comes over you when you're when you're listening and watching. It really is like and like like you said. Yeah. I, I I do agree with you on the score and the great call out. The score for this is absolutely it's it, it's fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I think it really drives kind of like how we you know I'll compare it to Lord of the Rings, but but obviously this is predecessor to it. But I'm saying that you know it, it it's it's the it's the film's heartbeat. Like I think you know it's it's beautiful. It really just like transports you like when you're listening to it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so he, he gets he gets to I he gets to Iron Town, and that's where he meets you know the bulk of it the bulk of the townsfolk, uh, especially the the what the one they interview one of his his wife, who I believe was voiced by Jada Pinkett Smith if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's the one that thinks that like Ashitaka is like good looking or something like that. Yeah, well, the whole thing, the whole time just like yeah, the whole time just like your husband's right there. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like all the women are like, oh yeah, he's fine. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's like. They want to pass this guy around or something like that in the town. <laughs> it's like, welcome, welcome to hell, Ajitaka. Bend and spread. Uh, yeah, have, have a good one. <laughs> uh, you won't be able to. You'll be able to sit right for a week. <laughs> and something, something I do enjoy about this town is the fact that, you know, with a lot of movies like this, where the, a character will come into like a town or like a like, super prosperous society. It's just, and whereas like the rest of the world is like complete crap, you're just like, wait, how did you get like this? And they never, and they never explain it. This actually, they yeah. don't explain it, but they show you enough to where you put the pieces together by yourselves. Like, okay, so this is what this is what the men do. This is what the women do. This is how they coexist yeah. together. This, this is this is their job. This is their job. Like, you understand how the society works, and they they do very little to explain it. Yeah, it's even like that with like the whole entire. Like even the beginning of the film with the the boars and the wolves, like you kind of put pieces together of okay, so this is their side, this is what they're okay, you know, kind of what you said. There's like breadcrumbs throughout the film where you really kind of just start putting things together. Oh, uh, this is this, and it, it all starts to make sense once you start watching it. Once this movie just unfolds. Yeah, we find out that these people are kind of, are at war with the forest spirits. Uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, they you know like they said they're 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 industri- they're industrialists. They 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 tear down the forest in order to you know advance their machinery. And the forest didn't take too kind to that, mostly because they got fucked, and as a result, they got fucked over by a herd of boars. <laughs> in yeah. a scene that I'm not sure if it was as funny as it's supposed to be. No, but yeah, or, I, I'm I, sorry. I know it, exactly it was, what you're it, yeah, about. We're, like the whole like boar stampede. It's hilarious, but I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a joke. 
Yeah. It does make you wonder if this is a commentary for like destroying nature. You know what I mean? It is. And like, Were you thinking about that at all? No, because something you can put to this is the fact that well, yeah. one idea you can think about this is like, yeah, man versus nature. As of right now, I mean, like, yeah, yeah we we take from nature all we want because nature's not going to do anything about it. But like, this is kind of saying like, if nature did want it, did did do something about it, they would fuck us up, like hard. Yeah, and then I, and that's the thing I was thinking when I was watching this. I was like, I wonder if this was like a social commentary that the director like just kind of like made an underlying social commentary for the film. You know what I mean? It was just something that kind of. I carried with it when I was watching this film. Yeah, there's a very like positive environmental subtext, but something I do, something I really appreciate about this film is the fact that they never really make it clear that one side is right and the other isn't. Like it, it's example, it's exemplified with uh, Minnie Driver's character, yeah, whose name I can't remember. Yeah. It's like Lady E, Lady Aboshi, Lady Aboshi. That's right, Aboshi. Yeah, yeah. So, well, they make it very clear that Lady Aboshi is incredibly nuanced because. Normally, in any other film like this, she would be an outright villain. Like, I hate the environment. I hate the trees. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, fuck yeah, Mother absolutely. Earth into the dirt. And there'd be like no redeeming factors yeah. about her. But here, they, they, they completely, they, they make, they make her like a really compelling character. Like she, she's, so, she's incredibly yeah. soft spoken. She's kind. She's a motivator. She's a great leader. She implored this entire leper colony that people just neglected. Like yeah, but then the, but then again, what you said with, with the whole villain aspect, like later on down the road when her and um, uh, Gigo, you know, Gigo has like underlying things that he wants to do. You know what I mean? Like I mean, we sure. will obviously talk about it, but but, like, but yeah. I do think something that this movie does very well is the fact that they never have an outright villain. Even the people who do things that are considered villainous, they never. It's never portrayed as them doing something evil to be evil. It's just them trying to get the most out of the situation they're in. Yeah, and then you have like Ashley Talk as pretty much like the John Lennon of of the of the you know of the people saying, "Hey, why can't we just get along and be peaceful together?" You yeah, know what I mean, why uh, do we have to? And you really feel yeah. Ashley Talk a struggle because it's just like, yeah, I know you're doing bad shit, and you did inadvertently cause this curse because yeah, the 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 uh, like like we thought the iron ball that was shot into the the boar that made it a demon and corrupted it. Yeah, it did come from yeah. this place. So it, on a, on a base level, it is their fault. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, I can't really blame it because you, you didn't know that this, this is what it was going to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that that's an aspect of the film that I find fairly brilliant. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, but back in the film comes Lady Lady San in, again, a, a really great action sequence. And I, I love the fight between her and Lady Ibashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the choreo the choreography I should say of it is great. This the editing, the staging of it is really well done. Yeah, I think it's a really well done fight. <laughs> I did get a laugh because, like I said, people here are either paper people or they're indestructible. Uh, Princess Sun, indestructible. Why she takes a shot? She takes a bullet to the face and she gets up fine. I've been, as 50 Sam would say, I, I've been hit with a few shells, but I don't walk with a limp. Yeah, no, literally. Like, she falls off a roof, she gets up, <laughs> takes a shot to the face, point blank. This and is like, yeah. You're like, any other character, dead. Nope, not you. Okay, you're fine. Okay, cool. Jesus, like, we're doing, like, Tupac and Biggie shit here. East Coast, we're bringing into the world of anime here, man. Yeah, Crazy. They, they start fighting Ashitaki. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. You're done. She knocks knocks out Ibashi, <laughs> knocks out San, and he's like, "I'm taking, I'm taking her with me." 
And you ain't gonna stand. Yeah. You ain't gonna do shit about it. <laughs> you ain't gonna. You ain't gonna do shit back. Oh, I've been shot. <laughs> oh man. It also cleverly shows the. This, this scene also like really amplifies like, how how much the demon inside him is really affecting him as like a as like a person. It's affecting what he can do. Because like he literally takes a shot through the sternum, and he's still getting up. He, he's walking around like nothing's happening. I thought like, wow. He, He's a Terminator. He basically is a Terminator. <laughs> he's he's the freaking Terminator. Absolutely. Yeah. He yeah. He walks out like a freaking boss. Uh, he gets up to. <laughs> I do like this. He gets up. Uh, he gets uh, back up to the mountain with San. The wolf immediately goes to bite his head off. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did like that. And you know, she, she kind of has to. kind of to save him because while he is possessed with this demon, he's not indestructible. Yeah, no, no. He can, he can do a lot, but he's eventually he will bleed out and die. Yeah. So she she does she does try and care for him, and I guess this is a good time to talk about San as a character. And maybe this is something that just me because she is like the symbol of this film. She's easily the most recognizable iconog- most recognizable iconography this movie has produced, and yeah. probably one of the most recognizable symbols in just Ghibli in general. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me on this one. She felt kind of flat for me. You know what? It, it's she's very boring. You know what I mean? Yeah, and here's the thing. On, I, I, on I don't paper, know. like there's like on paper, her concept I think is really great because she is yeah. someone who is she is part of she is like the bridge between these two worlds. She is she's half human, half wolf. Yeah, half wolf. Yeah. So she really should be more of an interesting character than she is. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like what it is, what it is that doesn't that doesn't make her work for me. Uh, it's a couple. I don't know. I don't know. It's a couple things. One of which is I think her dubbing. Maybe it's just her dubbing doesn't translate well because I feel like she comes off across as like a little, a little too whiny. Because she's. I can see that. She's, yeah. She's always. She's always like you know. I'm a. I'm a wolf. I'm a wolf. Yeah. She. she it, that, that happens a lot in this movie. Uh, yeah, but then Ashitaka say the same thing about him getting, you know, struck with the curse on his arm. You know what I mean? He could be whining and complaining at the same, exactly, the same he, time about it, too, you know? But he's not. And that's the, that, yeah, that's so the, that's, yeah. There's that. There's also the fact that she's not in it a whole ton. <laughs> she's surprised she's not in a whole lot. And you know what? I think maybe the fact that we don't have a whole lot of time with her on the screen and we do Ashitaka, we, we kind of we kind of gravitate more with his character because of that, maybe? Yeah, well, yeah. She, she, yeah uh, Ashitaka has more of a compelling arc. Lady uh, Eboshi has a more compelling arc. Uh, I think that... Even, we need more time. Uh, yeah, I think you need... Yeah. Like, you know, give, give her more of a focus. Give her more of an arc to this. Uh, I did, yeah, I didn't think there's like great content, and like there's a whole romance between the two of them is getting pushed, but they don't they don't but really, we don't they don't really have a whole lot of yeah. things together, do they? They don't have to build that chemistry to earn that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of like rushed, and it's like oh yeah, well, well they're together, like you know they're they they care for us. It's like oh, but do they? Like we don't get that in any of the scenes that we see. It comes to a really good I mean, head towards the end of the movie, which we'll talk about later. Like I I do think uh, it's done really well. I just think it could have had a bigger a better punch if that relationship yeah. if that if that relationship was more fleshed out, and I don't think it was. Yeah. Again, that's that's probably, that's probably my biggest problem with this movie as a whole. I just don't. I think I think she kind of misses the mark a bit. Which is which is a shame because I was so ready to like this character. I was so ready to like love this character. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love her design. I think she looks great. Oh no, I mean, I think she she has that like 
that badass warrior ninja, you know, persona. It's just like we don't get a whole lot of her. And I think I just blame the fact that we don't get a whole lot of her to, to actually know her story, to to kind of relate with her. You know what I mean? I think that's where we lack on that. Yeah, I, I think she, I think she could use a little more focus on her. I think I think I think yeah. it would help that movie. Maybe she's better. Maybe she's better in the Japanese dub or the Japanese version of this. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But yeah, as far as the English goes, yeah. kind of, kind of kind of doesn't 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 play as well. Uh. So uh, she she helps heal Ashitaka as we see a meeting between the Wolf Spirits, the main one voiced by Gillian Anderson of X Files fame, and the Blind Boar, the Great Blind Boar Spirit, voiced by Keith David. Again, in, again, the very recognizable voice of Keith David. Yeah. But I but I love him as an actor, so I'm so I'm happy to see him pop up in anything. Yeah, he's he's good. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, G- Gigo comes back and he's like, "Hey, look." Uh, I can help you. I, I can. I can. Lady Abachi. I can help you hunt this spirit. Just look. Just just st- just stick with me. I know what I'm doing. I got my whole crew of riflemen. I'm gonna help you out, and we can get this shit. Uh, uh, he wants. He wants the head. Uh, basically, they want the head of the forest spirit. Why? Because they will. Be- they believe that that will kill the forest, and that will. They believe it will kill the forest, and it will lead to the industrial. You know, it will lead to like the. The dawning of the industrial age. The yeah, which it'll they'll benefit from from the death of the four. Yeah, exactly. Which again, on, on paper, seems like really evil, but like they they're not doing this because they hate nature. They're doing this because like this, they feel like this is the best thing for them. They're trying to look out for their people to try to prosper. You know exactly. And yeah, I really do like this conversation. This next this next scene with uh, the conversation between Ashitaka and the and the wolf spirit. It, yeah. And it does kind of illustrate why I think this conflict is well, done so well because it's not them being so different. It's not them it's not them getting being conflict because they're so different. It's them being conflict because they're too similar. Yeah. Like they both have ambition, they both have what's be- their best interest at heart and that's why they cannot coexist. Yeah. And that's that's why they're fighting. I think that's I think it's a great route and again, Jill- Jillian Anderson is the little spirit. She's not just not in its she doesn't talk a whole lot in it. She only has, her scenes are very limited, but she makes an impact. I'll say that. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So uh, we find out that the Boars are march are marching towards the fights. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna make a final stand against the humans. This this is gonna be it. This is where the fates of the forest is gonna be decided. Uh, on one yeah uh, we got uh, and we also got um, Mononoke and the wolves riding into so. Yeah, this is going to be a fight that I honestly do wish they would have shown. I know it would have been, maybe it would have been a little too traumatizing to see a bunch of pigs get slaughtered. Yeah. Uh, because we, on, we only see the aftermath. Ashitaki is going off, and Ashitaki's going off, but he comes back when he finds out that while all the men were away, the same crew of samurai he fucked up before, they're back, and now they're attacking Iron Town. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah, what I mean, what uh, seriously? Yeah. So uh, the the women and the lepers are trying to fight off are trying to fight off the samurai crew, but it's not going well. Meanwhile, uh, the war between man and nature rages on, and nature is they're not just losing; they are getting their asses kicked. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the, you just like you just see the, you just see the aftermath of it, and it's it's very haunting. It's kind of it's kind of like drawing parallels to real life war, which is the thing uh, something that. Another Ghibli film, where the Fireflies would do really well, or uh, with the Wind Rides would do really well, 
but yeah, like I think I think like the the parallel of the horrors of war, I think, is something that Miyazaki clearly has has a penchant for, and he does it well here. Yes. No. Yeah, I agree. It definitely stays with you when you when you see that scene. Yeah. So uh, the the fight rage. Like, he's trying. He's trying to tell all the men to go back to the village because they're getting raided. And this this next scene, I think, is kind. Of, I actually think is just kind of. It's just like really like skin crawling because you have you have a son who's trying to lead the boar spirit back to like the healing oasis before he gets corrupted. And you see them like yeah. like like him and like him and the wolf are all bloody. They're really really bad shape. And then you see like the like the the boars from earlier that the his his boar soldiers come up. And you're like, oh, yeah, what what happened? Like, did, did they not die? No. Uh, turns out what happened was they took the skin off of them. They're wearing them and they're using it as yeah. an attempt to fool them, like to to fool the boar into thinking like, it's their soldiers. They can lead them where the forest spirit is. Which I don't know how they could possibly see. I, I know they have the eyes cut out, but it's like, how do you possibly see through that and move all in a cohesive, like, you know what I mean? Pattern. Not to mention, how do you, how do you, how do you skin a dozen boar that big, that quickly? That fast, that quickly, too, yeah. Those are concessions you make with this film, though, just because the, Im- the imagery is incredibly haunting. Yeah. Uh, even more haunting is the fact that the, gri- the, the blind boar spirit, like it's like o- Okada? Okoda? Something like that. I don't have the name written Some, down on that something one. Something like that. Uh, Okoda is starting to get corrupted due to all the iron in his body. Yeah. And you see it firsthand, and it's just... It's it's hard to watch. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she gets he gets corrupted, and he's starting to take San with him. Uh, which uh, is really crazy, too, when you see this scene. Uh, which one? Oh, uh, which one? Where, where the scene is, I'm thinking of when... Um, when when that thing's like covering him, and she goes and she's like on top of him or whatever, and so oh, kind right. of engulfing her too. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to like get her out. We're trying to like get her out of it, but like this, the corruption is just so strong, he can't take her out. Yeah, yeah, it, it really stays with you. And again, kind of what you said, it's just that use of colors and just that use of just like that imagery that really kind of gets you into the yeah. And I think into this. I think something that works about the the corruption animation and the demon animation, the fact that nothing in the film moves quite like this. So when uh-uh. so when it comes up so when it comes up and when it you know when it happens, it's 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 really it's it's scary. It really is. And it almost had shades of Lost to it too. Almost, the, yeah. The spe- smoke, the monster. smoke monster, I think, in the in the first se- in the first season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the 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 wolf the wolf guys, led by Jillian Anderson, uses the last for strength to save to help save Son. She was saving last for strength to help, to help, uh, not to help, to try and kill Ishibashi. Ibashi, not Ishibashi. Lady Ibashi. Uh, but she's like, you know what? San's more important. So that, that's kind of where her arc comes to a head. Uh, he, she's the last for strength to save her from the boar. Uh, meanwhile, the forest spirit comes in. He's just like, you know what? Fuck all this. And there's like one bit where the forest spirit comes out and he takes a bullet through the neck. And we're like, oh, God, they killed him. They killed him. Yeah, I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but then I, I, something I love the fact that I love the fact that he didn't like cure their corruption. He just ended their suffering, and he just like just like came up and just like just killed them really quickly. Yeah, and uh, was it was it you or, or was it me just thinking this that like at the beginning when you kind of see him doesn't he look like almost like Godzilla? A little, tentacle, like, oh, we come when he goes like his full form. Yeah, 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 like almost bit, like yeah. Godzilla esque. 
a little, a little bit, yes. So a little bit, yeah. We see, we see, we see the four spirits trying to take his final form that we just, we just talked about. But Lady Ishibashi, she, she, she succumbs to her greed and shoots his head off. This does <laughs> not bode. This does not bode well for the spirits. This is not what we had planned, guys. Yeah, because uh, it's not was a, yeah. He start he starts you know. He he starts like his body starts de- not decomposing but degenerating, and like but almost like kind of like like uh, the Terminator like the ooze just like different like bubbles or like different like uh, like pa- pockets. I yes, guess I would say. And if you touch it, you die. If you're a human, it has, it has different. Yeah. Effect. it has a different effect on spirits. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, the the wolf head comes back to life and it bites Lady Ibashi's head, hand off or arm. Yeah, I say. arm. Yeah. Uh, so the only the only hope they have is to they o- the only hope they have is to return the head to the spirits. Now this is these things scenes like this I think would have been better like we said if they just built they just built more scenes of Ashitaki and San together like the scene yeah. where she's like freaking out at him where he's just like you you you're on their side you were always on their side yeah or it's just like uh, granted they they make you feel a surprising amount of that the fact that despite the fact that they never really built chemistry on there but and i think yeah. it's just the performance of the two actors but you, re- but you really it. do feel this like this this is probably the best chemistry they have together on screen up to this point yeah and you could totally build more of it with that as opposed to having like the chase let's chase Gigo for the head you know what i mean yeah you could probably shorten the chase down for that yeah, and and part a little bit more chemistry with with uh, you know Ashitaka and San. That's another issue with this movie. I think you and I both agree on this. It's, it's a little it's a little too long. I think it's like I would say like fifteen twenty minutes too long. Yeah, I think I think I'll go like fifty like 50, 10 to fifteen. But yeah, you can definitely shave yeah. some time off. You should definitely shave some time off of this. There, I, there's a lot of like scenes that didn't need to be in there. Yeah, I completely agree. This this movie should be under two hours. Yeah, so the four so the forest spirit is is on is on the way. To, it's attacking Iron Town. And like I said, uh, they have they have to go and find Jigo to get the head back. Jigo is surprisingly agile for a guy his size. Yes, who should not be as fast as he is, but should not be surprisingly as is should not be able to kick it to Ashitaki's ass as easy as he does. No. Uh, but he does it, and yeah, it comes to a head in a climax that is very it's very reminiscent of, and maybe maybe Tron Legacy took inspiration from this. Very reminiscent of Tron Legacy. I can see it, yeah. Or, or, or even like the the regular trunk. I think it ended the same way with what the, the hole in the disc in the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think that again, a, a scene where like the imagery, the imagery and the score do the talking for itself. Because yeah, like the yeah, that swell yeah. of music. You have them both being both being infected by this demon spirit, but this time it's all over their bodies. Yeah. And you think it's gonna end in kind of like a Romeo and Juliet. Is fashion because like you know this is you know like this is gonna kill them, well you know this can kill them and you think it, and you think it's going to. Yeah, but it but it doesn't. The spirit gets his head back. He heals the forest. He heals Iron Town, and he basically just goes away and does, and just to do his thing. Yeah. Uh, San, uh, San and Ashitaki are cured of their parasites, and I do like the way it ends where it's just like. San is like, look, I can't, I can't forgive the humans. Like they, they, they yeah. royally screwed up. And knowing human ambition, yeah. they're probably gonna do it again. Yeah, but I mean, but knowing what you know now, maybe you can kind of maybe help prevent that. I guess from repeating past failures. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they answer the question of will they or won't they? They won't. 
uh, as maybe 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 it won't go that way because Lady Ibashi is the way she's she's talking about it, like you know what maybe we were wrong maybe we need to reevaluate how we do things in, in Iron Town maybe we can still be industrial yeah, like start, doesn't mean we have yeah. to you know really kind of like just like you know mo- like fuck over the environment because of it we can we can do things a different way yeah like we can start from a clean slate and just be better people overall yeah. Uh, movie and, and the movie ends on a really positive note because we see one of those spe- those little spirits that sig- that signify good omens for the forest. Yeah, and that's the last thing we see in the movie, and then that's it. It's over. So, Russell, final thoughts on Princess Mononoke? I mean, definitely different to get into the realm of uh, anime. I mean, it's something I always always enjoy, you know, tiptoeing uh, and going into the uncomfort zone because I just I've never watched anime. This is the first anime film i believe i've watched but uh, i enjoyed it um kind of what we talked about a lot of the things there are a lot of positives from it like the score um that i do like ashitaka as a uh, protagonist i like him as a character um i like seeing his growth throughout the whole entire film wish we had more time with son or mononoke whoever you want to call her um i wish we had more time with them to see their chemistry on unfold on the screen um but overall i mean it's a, it's a solid film it runs like a, like we said 15 20 minutes too long but overall, though, like I, I think it's damn good animation, um, especially for the time period too, '97. And on top of it, it's just like the use of colors, just to, to you know, transfiction this world. Um, I think the score and just the animation itself does a wonderful job of really uh, transporting you to this to this world, and it's uh, it's pretty beautiful to watch. So overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, kind of want to see a little bit more of it. So yeah. Uh yeah no definitely I do think that I do agree that I uh, I uh, I uh, this would be like a definite five star if this would if they gave more time gave more development to uh, San as a character and shade yeah. and take a little time off it but either way like I do this is a this is a great film I I know this regards one was best and again I'm I'm the little tap I'm the little you know out of my element when it comes to Ghibli so I need to watch more of the movies but yeah I definitely like I definitely like this a lot uh, like it's a beautiful animation. can you see why this is can you see why it's number 68 or 69 on the IMDb top 250? 68. Wow. Hot damn. I think it's it's pretty high. Let me look real fast. Is, let me is, double check. See see if Interstellar is higher. Because it should definitely be higher than Interstellar. Okay, let me look here. Mononoke is at 69. Okay. And you said Interstellar. Interstellar is at 29. Wow, but that just shows you, you know, the Nolan fanboys. It's just, it's that type of, that type of thing, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because there's yeah. only a handful of uh, anime movies that are on that top 250. I think they're, all, I think they're all probably Miyazaki, unless Ghost in the Shell. Uh, yeah, there. I'm pretty sure. I, I know for sure. Um, uh, what the hell was it? Um, Spirited Away was on there. Oh, that that that's that's, sure. that's well deserved. Well deserved. That movie's incredible. Yeah, Princess Mononoke. Um, I, I'm pretty sure some of the other ones are on there. But yeah, but it was nice. To, it was actually nice to try to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a fantastic animation, a wonderful score, some really great vocal performances, a really, a really nuanced plot, and a really nuanced way to portray this kind of conflict that I really appreciate. Some really great ideas, yeah. some cre- some innovative direction. I think this movie is. I think this movie is really great. It's just it's just a step below like a. Set below, like a yes, absolutely for me. But yeah, uh, definitely enjoy checking this out. And I think I think we should make this like a recurring thing because I would love to look at more Ghibli in the future. No, I, I totally I welcome it. Um, it definitely helps both of us out. You know, get our 
you know, get our, you know, taste buds in different uh, genres. So, yeah, I'm always down for it. Always done see things or do things that, you know, haven't done before. So, yeah, completely on board. All right. So that's going to do it for us today. Uh, Russell, want to get a plug before you head out? Yeah, Facebook is where you can find us, the group Notorious by Chance. Go ahead and join that. That's where we put up the polls weekly for you guys to go ahead and decide on what we vote. So go ahead and keep an eye open for that. We'll be dropping a new poll soon. And then on top of that, you can also find us on YouTube. Notorious by Chance is the name of the group on that. And you can find our new content on there once we do get that involved, which we will uh, in some way, shape, or form soon. You can find my Twitter, Instagram, Chance Wars underscore 91. Uh, you can ch- uh, you can check out the Schmodown where I compete. Uh, some other things that are coming down the pipeline, uh, which is part of this uh, Smash Cancer benefit stream we had where uh, we tried to raise money for Kevin Smets, who is uh, uh, dealing with colon cancer. Uh, we, raised a, we raised a lot of money, and I want to thank everyone who donated. Uh, I believe this, fr- this Thursday on the PJ Campbell Network, they're re-airing one of my segments, which was uh, Intergeek and Family Feud. Uh, my team was... Uh, uh, Mike Kalinowski and uh, Laura Kelly. If you didn't see the stream, I would encourage. If you didn't see this on the live stream, I encourage you to check the replay because just for Mike, because Mike gets like legitimately pissed off during the game, <laughs> and it's it's real it's really funny. So I would I would definitely encourage you to check that. I'm not gonna tell you who win, but I would let you do that. And uh, I also got Schmodown Spectacular coming up, uh, year the year end Schmodown event where I got where I'm competing for the Intergeekdom Movie Trivia Schmodown Championship belt. Uh, really working hard to do that, which is why kind of why we're behind on behind on these. I've been I've been studying, so that's what this one's on me. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week where Russell we're returning. Next week we go back to the realm of movies that became memes. Oh boy, this one's gonna be a, this is gonna be good. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Wicker Man Part Two. Oh yeah. So uh, <laughs> like we said, that's Russell. I'm Chance. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.